Hello, friends. This is the Chase Doesn't Know podcast. I am super pumped and honored that you've come back to listen to another episode. My guest for this episode is a friend of mine who I have just recently met through a common or a mutual workplace. That's right. We work together. Uh, Keegan Finley is a young strapping lad, just uh, graduated from LSU. Uh, He's a lifetime swimmer, and he's now in the real estate world with me, uh, having some fun. But we, uh, I wanted to have Keegan on because not only did he do something from pretty much all of his life that I don't really know much about swimming, especially in college. Uh, but he's very accomplished and also has some per, has been through some pretty significant life experiences um, and has done some pretty amazing things because of that, that I really wanted uh, for him to expound upon. So I really enjoyed my time uh, getting to know Keegan a little more here this evening. And I hope you enjoy listening for the next couple of hours to me and Keegan's chat. Did you, in Kentucky, do y'all shoot a bunch of guns like we do down here? Like, how many guns did you have in your house as a kid? Actually, it was pretty much, I mean, we. I grew up in a subdivision. Okay. Kid, And my dad was a trooper. Oh, okay. So we had guns, and whenever, like, we got the chance to go shoot them, we'd shoot them. But a lot of it was with more of my buddies at, like, their farm and different stuff, and we just shoot clay all that stuff nice cans whatever we could come up with yeah for sure you know did you hunt and stuff i did for a little bit before swimming got serious Mm. so i shot a turkey shot one turkey (laughs) shot one turkey (laughs) that was like awesome and i wish i could go back and do that again and again and again like why don't you go now uh well now i can but now i just started to work so right work's getting busier and busier i go hunting though but I'm shoot, bring me along. I'll go. Not turkey hunting. I like, no, hunting. I'll go deer hunting. I'll go do whatever hunting. Okay. Because uh, I seriously love to do that stuff. I mean, I, I love it. Like, I wish that I wouldn't have taken swimming so seriously so that I could have done more of it, you know? So when did you start swimming? When I was like two or three years old. Oh, dang. So they, your dad just threw you in the water? No. I, I mean, they kind of put me into swim lessons. Like, they wanted to make sure that I knew how to swim. And then when I was like four, they were like, hey, we have like a little kids team. And so they put me on that and they they figured out that I liked it and kept climbing the ladder. And it was literally like a business ladder. I mean, I upped levels and then I got to the level where it was like, do you want to run or swim? And I was like, well, I'm not running two hours a day. <laughs> Can't blame Because I was doing it at the same time in okay. eighth grade and seventh grade. And so you swam and ran? I used to, I used to run for like, two-hour cross-country practice, and then I'd go to swim practice and swim for those two hours. Dang. So you were, like, even skinnier than you are now back then? I mean, I was 13. So <laughs> That's true. A lot of energy. 14, yeah. So did you play any other sports? Um, Like intramural basketball. I actually wasn't very tall until later on in high school. Oh, okay. So I had to, like, other sports. I wasn't allowed to play football because I broke one back when I was 11. So they really Dang. they advised my parents strongly Probably smart. to not let me play football. So that ruined my dreams. Um, is the is the volume good, Carl? By the way, like the mics and stuff. Okay, cool. Oh, cool. Just checking. Um, so yeah, that was football was out of the out of the question. Played baseball for like two years, but never got to like truly trying it because swimming. Like if I had swim practice, I would need to go to swim practice. 
Okay, so you so when did you when did you break your back? When you were eleven? When I was eleven. And how? <laughs> rip sticking. What? Rip stick. It's like this two wheeled skateboard. You know what a rip stick is? It's like this two wheeled skateboard that you wiggle. Oh like yeah, yeah, okay. Board. I know what that is. Yeah. Well I went down this big hill. That was also slanted. So the hill was the the sidewalk was going across it. Okay. Across the hill and down. So it was slanted and down the hill. Okay. And I hit a crack and tumbled down the hill. On a Saturday morning, when it was still dew on the grass, <laughs> September 20th, and... September 20th, what year? 2008. 2008, you were 11 in 2008. I just turned 11. I was, my birthday's this the 4th. September 4th. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, then I probably, I walked up the hill. I had a broken wrist, like all my bones were in my... You head. had a, so you broke your back and your wrist and you kept walking, you, you were able to walk? Well, and I hurt my knee too. I got blood behind my kneecap. Damn. And I walked up the hill. And then I was with a different family, my neighbors, watching their son, youngest son, play a little soccer game. And we all had rip sticks, and I was the first one to go down the hill. No one went down after that. <laughs> but, but, but my cousins, three of my girl cousins were living at the house at the time when my dad got back. My dad went to Iraq in like 2007 or something. Okay. Or I don't remember. But, in the, which military? Um, Army. National Guard. Okay. So um, when he got back, my cousins moved in. Three girl cousins, four years apart. There was like a newborn. She, the other one was four. The other one was eight. I was 11. So he was watching all the kids that day because my mom was on a church retreat. Okay. And so when I get back, I sat in the kitchen for over two and a half hours while he figured out who could watch the kids. Oh, my goodness. Because it was, it was three girls, their friends, me, my friends, my brother, and his friends. Dang. All at the house. So it was like 20 kids there. It was like, it was like 15 <laughs> and then like all on the street. So they all needed to go home and like my dad needed help with people watching the kids. And you know, he's also taking care of a baby for a little bit cause their mom was at work. So it was a whole ordeal and I was sitting there in pain for a few hours. How bad was the pain? Do you remember? My wrist hurt really, really bad. Um, my back didn't, I didn't notice my back until like two months down the road. Oh, uh, okay. So it was my knee. And my wrist. And my wrist was like, you could, I was like, dad, we got to get that. I couldn't move my hand up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which they ended up resetting my hand like twice. Dang. You had to wear a cast and stuff? I had to wear a cast. Did you have to wear a back brace? For a year. Did you get made fun of? Um, (laughs) actually like only one time. Oh, really? It was like, it was, it was kind of funny because it was like this eighth grader and I was in sixth grade. So I was just about to be done wearing the brace Uh because I was in sixth grade riding this bus and it was like, I'll punch you. I wore it under my shirt. Oh, okay. I'll punch you. And he like hit me and I was like, ha, the brace. And then like for the next week, people were like, Keegan wears a back brace. brace." (laughs) But then it like fizzled out. Okay. It was like, in the the brace, like I changed braces because I had a bone simulator for a little bit that I had to wear, like four hours a day. Okay. Because they figured that the fracture would heal with time because I was 11. Mm-hmm. So I was still grown. I mm-hmm. mean, they did not want to do surgery on an 11-year-old. Right. Back surgery especially. So do you, you don't have any problems now? Oh, no. I still have problems. Some problems? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's not like as near as what it was. I mean, I did physical therapy and all that stuff, and it healed, but now I have a slip. So it's like the vertebrae sit, sit on top of each other. One of them, the L4, slips like closer to my stomach. Uh, so sometimes I'll be like uncomfortable or stand up like to try to like fix it. I sleep on my stomach with a pillow under me to like 
push it back. To, yeah. Dang. Like, well, it just feels more comfortable when I do that. Right. Do you go to the chiropractor? No, but I, I, I should go. One, I need to like start working out. Again. You're like the perfect person to ask because you have a back injury. Yeah. Because I mean, everybody's I, always I need like, to go. do, do chiropractors, first of all, they're always like, are chiropractors for real or are they faking it? Right. And then like, do they actually make people better? I know. So you should check it out. I mean, I definitely need Let to Let us do, know. I need to work out though. Like the, I, my back was in much better shape. Like when I had a stronger core and all that stuff. Right. So how much work, what, what kind of workout stuff do you do when, when you were like at peak performance of swimming? Like what kind of workouts do you do besides stuff in the pool? Oh, oh, besides in the pool? Well, so I swam distance. So majority of my time was spent in the pool. Okay. Like majority when I say like, uh, I don't want to put a number on it, but over 20 hours a week in the water. Dang. And then um, that was like at peak when I was doing really good swimming. There was like weights th probably three hours a week, you know, three days um, every other day kind of deal, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Dry land, you know, dry land was hit or miss whichever team you were on. Some people thought it was great. Some people thought it was bad. Interesting. But that was majority of my time was spent legit. Just swimming. Swimming. Back and forth. Sets. One doing long the sets, other. wishing. There was like a day when I was just like, they cannot keep me here. <laughs> I was at UK uh, swimming my freshman year. Uh -huh. And it was like, UK was, I felt like I was back in Kentucky because my club team in Kentucky was the hardest team. Like we trained hard, we swam hard, we did good. The majority of all of us went division one. And when I went to UK, I was back in that same place like, Practice sucks. Practice is so long. And there was a Saturday when I was like 11 o'clock was there and I was still swimming and we were supposed to get out and go to weights. And I had to just tell myself, they cannot keep you in this pool forever. <laughs> they won't. Like you'll be able, you'll be able to get out. Cause I mean, it's a long week. I mean, yeah, for sure. The week schedule was brutal. I can't, I know all the hours that like I was on the baseball field. I can't like just, and you know, on the baseball field, sometimes you're just standing there. I can't yeah. imagine being in the pool for like three hours a day and like swimming I know. for most of it or all of it. I won't ever, I will never swim as much as I did. <laughs> I don't swimming. doubt it. Okay. So we sh I should say you, so you swam your whole life and you swam at university of Kentucky mm. for how long? For a semester. For a semester. And then you came to LSU? No. Then I went to Florida state. Oh, okay. That's why you, that, I was wondering why you knew Florida state earlier mm. when we were talking. Okay. So then you went to Florida state for how for long? Three semesters, three semesters, so that's two years. And then you yeah. came to LSU for two years. That's right. Um, and you're the captain of the LSU swim team, right? Your senior year, my senior year. Okay, cool. So we should say that, uh, because it's, he's not, yeah, he's not just it. swimming for fun. That is what yeah, I'm saying yeah, for people okay. listening who's swimming competitively. No, yeah. Um, so, okay. So go back. I want to go back to like when you started swimming. Mm -hmm. So your parents got you swim lessons and then they, was it like they figured out that you liked it or no, do you no. remember telling them like, I want to swim? No, no, no. I never said that. You never said you wanted to swim. I wanted to swim. You're the captain of LSU swim team, and you still didn't like swimming. Well, <laughs> <laughs> actually, when I when I was I was pretty much burnt out my senior year for sure. Okay. Of college swimming, I was ready for it to be a past thing because I was like, I've hit my peak for the most part. Like, there's nothing more that I can truly get out of swimming other than doing my duty and helping other kids get faster. So, but when I was a kid. I mean, when they told me that I was good, I was like, shoot, if I'm good, I like it. I like nice. being good. You like being good, yeah. So then I stuck I like to it. it. And that's how running was. And I was 
pretty good at running. And then I was told myself, well, what am I better at? And what do I have more fun doing and training in general? And that's when I picked swimming. Cause I'm a, I'm a trainer, mm. not necessarily a racer. I like to train. I like to do the work, like put in the work. Uh, when it came down to meets and stuff, I was never like, like winning all the time. I was just average. I just swam better in training most of the time than I did racing. Mm. So really? that's what I kind of like, I'm good at training. So then I started getting good at training, you know? So how much swimming did you do? Uh, in like, you said you earlier, you said you like climbed the ladder. Yeah. So did you, were you like swimming, trying to swim on teams and stuff since you, when you were like six or? Yeah. So like when at the, I swam for the Northern Kentucky Clippers, which was out of a building called Silver Lake, this like fitness center. They had a great pool and Basically, they had so many swimmers that they needed to limit who was on, like, the performance level, who was on the, you know, optional level. They started making practice requirements because some kids weren't showing up. Slaggers. You know, yeah, so <laughs> really it was like when I broke my back, I got set back because I was on the performance track with all those kids that were swimming fast, going to zones, which is like a multi-state meet, like all these different states and different stuff. And then when I broke my back, I got set back, put in those lower groups. And I had to rework my way up to back where my friends were. I was still with friends because they were just, but it, it, it was like, you know, uh, it was like looking at the second string. Okay. You so know? they have, so how does the, so they have a swim team at this facility, the North Kentucky swim team, and that could be 10 kids or it could be like a hundred kids or yeah, like all ages. And no, it's all ages, all, there's just, they get put into groups. Basically, so that like and age your group groups. shows up at five thirty to train because you're more. That's the level that you're at. You're okay, at so they break you up by ages and then by performance. Yeah, basically, it's like two filters. So then you and then like, what are the competitions like at that oh, age? The competitions are everybody goes to the same meet unless you get a certain cut. So if you get a cut, that's if I go a certain time, you can go to that meet. So sectionals, you know, there's certain meets for sectionals, nationals. You know all that stuff, and if you had those times, you got to go to those. Meetings. And you're competing against other um, other teams, clubs. Yeah, other I guess clubs. like and clubs are like different areas. Yeah, USA swimming is like what it was under. So okay. there's clubs all over. Cause it the seems USA. like there's more. It seems like it's like club based instead of school based, right? Super, super club based. Okay. I didn't swim high school, uh, my sophomore or junior year. But your high school had a swim team. Yeah. Okay. So is this like travel ball? Like the equivalent yeah, to like travel ball? exactly. Travel ball is a good point because down here in Louisiana, Big. it's like baseball. huge. Yeah, yeah huge. travel ball is huge. So y'all would have like meets every weekend? Kind of like they have weekend. tournaments every it weekend? Was like, it was like every two weeks. I mean, I, I would say every weekend, but it, we didn't have, like our, our meets were three days long. Mm. Kind of like their tournaments, except we're doing like prelims finals. Whereas it seems like the travel ball, you know, they do... Friday, Saturday, big game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Ours was like big game every night. Gotcha. And then swim in the morning, show up. And it's a long day because you're going through eight and unders, nine and 10-year-olds, 11 and 12-year-olds, 13, 14, then 15 and open. So you had to wait forever to swim your event. And if you had four events, I mean, shoot, you're there all day. Mm -hmm. And then if you do what I did was like 4 a.m., 500 free, the mile and different stuff, I had to show up. Swimming a mile. In the middle of the day for the special session, you know, on different days. So it was, but it was exactly like travel ball. You didn't have to play. 
I mean, like I said, I didn't swim for my high schools two years in a row. And I'm, I mean, I could have not swim my senior year and I still would have gotten to go to college mm. for swimming. Uh, the only reason I liked swimming high school was because it was the fun side of swimming. Okay. You got to like, go fun? have fun. Well, dual meets and stuff in high school swimming, a lot of kids still go to join the swim team because they think it'll be fun. And it is for them. But when you put throw in a club swimmer that swims their whole life, it's like you're significantly faster, a whole nother level above them, which is fun. Fun to dominate. You know, to dominate and to right. just play and, and also Crush show them the like, hey, you can get better at swimming still. Like, or help, you know, teach them how to get better at swimming, which is what always ended up happening, especially my senior year. My freshman year, I went to an all-guys high school. We were super serious about swimming. Majority of us swam club. We were runner-up at state for the past 30 years. Dang. And I don't think um, they were runner-up. They're still runner-up. Dang. I mean. Come on. School. Well, they're, they're going against the, the school was 500 guys, and the school that beats them every year was 1,500 guys. Uh, okay. So it's really, hard to beat, it's really hard to beat them when it's that way. Are these schools like swimming schools? No. Uh-uh. Uh, it's just no. a big sport. Up there. In northern Kentucky, uh, it was a big, big sport. I would say it's a big sport. It's not. It's it's a big sport for that area. Like okay, you in down here. There's no swimming. I mean, I, there is, but there's not not to the level of Ohio, LSC, which is you know the swimming community, like the swimming league, I guess you can say. But Texas is big swimming community. California, Florida, all these places where there's a ton of people, there's more swimming. Mm, Whereas gotcha. And the only reason Kentucky and Ohio really had it was. In Indiana, for some reason, it's like money just floated around and people were able to... It's like golf. I mean, majority of the time, if you were swimming, your parents were pretty comfortable with their money and they were able to afford to pay for that club swimming. I mean, you could... There's kids that definitely still make it, which I hope there would be, but there, I mean, there was programs and stuff that you could do. But. So it's like kind of expensive to be in a club? Yeah. Well, in Part Kentucky. Of a club team? In Kentucky. So you can Florida, can't. it was super cheap. When my parents moved to Florida, uh. when I turned 16, I mean, the, the fees got cut to a third. No, no, to like a fourth of what we were paying in Kentucky. But the team was significantly worse. Uh, okay. Interesting. And so it was in, in, in Daytona, which is where we moved to, I mean, it was... It was cheap, and those people thought that it should be cheap. That swam on that team, on the club team. Were they so? Is, is it like they had lesser, uh, like coaching or something, or like people running the club? No. Or? Well, yeah, it was it was whoever was running the club, and okay. I'm not gonna like trash anybody. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna trash anybody because they don't. I mean, the coach was Ryan Lochte's dad. Oh, interesting. So, and his name's Steve. Steve Lochte. Steve Lochte. I know that name. There's only like two swimming people's names that I know. Ryan Michael Lochte Phelps and, Michael and Phelps Ryan Lochte. And Katie Ledecky. Yeah, Ledecky. That's right. Yeah, that's the girl, girl that was amazing mm-hmm. last time. Yeah. But so Ryan, Ryan's dad, Steve, I mean, he was just doing it, I think, because he couldn't get out. Like he, he went through stuff in his life that was just brutal. And I mean, when you finally get to coach a head team and it's easy and you can just let people do what they want. If you want to help coach them, you can coach them. If they want to be good, they'll tell you they want to be good kind of mentality. So when I went there, it was like there was two of us. And we were pretty much the last two that were ever going to go anywhere big for like Steve or had the potential to. 
So it's kind of, he kind of just said, whatever, have fun. And did, I mean, my swimming got worse when, when I you went to Florida. When I went to Florida. It wasn't necessarily that it got worse. I just started to learn, like, dang, I didn't have to train for three hours on a Saturday <laughs> to be good. Like, I can just do two hours. <laughs> or, or like, oh, I can, you know, skip practice and hang out with my buddies on Friday night or something and show up late. Right. So I started showing up late and different stuff. Started slacking. And, yeah, I mean, I would show up. It's, it's too cold. I'm not going to swim because it's outdoors. So me and my buddies would hang out in the showers and jump in the pool for 30 minutes fool around, get out, and it was a wasted practice. But in Kentucky, that wouldn't happen. So, they, so in Kentucky, they have uh, do you, you don't swim outdoors as much. No, mm-mm. This, so that was there's like summer leagues, right? Um, which were like June and July, and those were fun too because it was like high school swimming all over again. Okay, so you so you swam mainly longer distance uh, yeah. races. Okay, so in wh- summer leagues, they didn't have those longer distance. It so what were some of the events that like you did or like that you trained for? So I trained a lot from the longest time I trained for the mile. Okay. Which is, is that the longest swim competition? Usually the longest in, event in, in, in the pool. Yeah. The longest competition in the pool is the 1650 or the 1500 meter. So there's short course yards, which is 25 yards mm-hmm. and there's long course meters, which is 50 meters. Okay. There's short course meters too, but USA doesn't really do that. Um, in the summer, it's more meters, long course. In the winter, it was always short course yards. And the short course yards is 1,650 yards mile. Dang. That's what I trained for. Okay. But as I got older, when I got to college, I still trained for it, but I focused more on the 500. Okay. Because the 500 was more fun. 500 was, meter? 500 yards. 500 yards. Okay. It would be 400 meters like Olympics. So okay. four, four to five minute race. So 500, the 500 yards, that's, uh, 20 laps. Yeah. Okay. That's right. How big is the pool over here in the natatorium? Well, it's, there's two pools. There's a diving well, and then there's the pool that can be 15, it can be 50 meters long or it can be two 25 yards. Okay. Pools. And it, a lot of college swimming is all yards. So okay. when you see. You know, colleges, their times and everything, they, it goes to 25 yards. But in the in the national, you know, events, I should say, competitions, it's meters. Got it. Okay. So how long? Because the Olympics, the Olympics is in. The Olympics is in meters. So how long did it take you? Like, what was your best time for a mile to swim? 15 swim a mile? and a half minutes. 15 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's pretty quick. Yeah. But I trained to, like, be... At 15 or under. Okay. So, like I told you earlier. But, I mean, I just, it never happened. And that's fine. I mean, but a lot of kids, the, the record, I watched the world, it's an American record because we're the only ones that do yards. But he went like 15 or 14, 20 or something like that. 14 which minutes, is, 20 seconds. Yeah, which is, he was hauling. And this kid was a sophomore from Florida. Dang. A sophomore in college? Yeah. Okay. He got it. He he missed it by point four the year before, mm. at the same meet. But this year, he went. He went fast. Dang. Um, okay. So what is you? So I kind of want to uh, hear about how you got a college to go to a college and swim. Yeah. From like, 
high school, I guess, or maybe yeah. maybe it was from the club. So tell me the story of like how you got into UK swimming for yeah, your yeah. first year. So first semester. Northern Kentucky Clippers, who I swam for, all my buddies. There's a guy named Mike Summy. And so we we stayed in touch when I moved to Florida. I stayed in touch with pretty much I mean everybody. If I see anybody, I stay in touch with them kind of thing. And um so after my freshman year move, sophomore year do online school, still swimming, you know. I wanted to go wherever my friend Brendan went. And he ended up going to Arizona. Mm. Which I still probably could have gone and like walked on for a little bit and tried to prove myself. Still would have probably been just as much as UK. But then I went to so I, I was swimming in my sophomore year, junior year, I started to like, dang, I need to pick up my times a little bit or something. I mean, but then I broke my hand. Uh, so that I had a like three and a half month, four month setback because dang. I broke a bone that didn't get much blood supply. How'd you break that hand? <sighs> skating. Skating? Yeah. I was skating down the road and like, I just got this penny board and I was <laughs> going down this road. And yeah. crashed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So no skateboards um, and no. Yeah. What's the what's the rip sticks or what's rip stick? Rip stick. Okay. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. So I did that. I did that. Little Carl setback. Like shaking his head. Like I started. I started. It was like I was like whatever. Like I'll still I'll bust out of time at some point and make sure that I can prove myself. <laughs> Plus I had Steve, who could get me to go to UF. No problem. Cause, okay. Cause University La- of Florida. Yeah. yeah. Steve Lochte was basically he was like. Whatever he says goes. Yeah, I mean, he could call up the coach and be like, "Hey, I got a good a kid that works hard, and he'll he'll work hard." I mean, he did that for a friend of mine, but my the friend was had the times, mm-hmm. which I had times, but they just weren't. As so, good. what's like a time when you say times? What's a good time that uh, the UK coach or the LSU coach or whoever would? Be well, like, so that's what I'm getting at. Legit. So, the, the, so then my senior year, I was like, I'm going to Florida State, like. I don't want to go to UF because I don't want to be like, oh, they helped you get into UF. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Uh, so I was like, screw it. I'm going to go to FCU. Coach was like, he was about to get fired. Like, I'll <laughs> okay. give you a call back in two weeks. <clears throat> Called him back in two weeks, whatever. He's like, nah, you know, we're not, we're done recruiting, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, fine, I'm going to go to UK. Because I called UK and I talked to the head coach there. He's his law, this guy's Lars. And Steve had, Steve had given him a call and was like, hey, Lars, I got a kid that's pretty good. He's like, you got to, you know, he's a, he's a diamond in the rough. And um, so then the UK, I knew a lot of the UK swimmers because mm-hmm. Mike went there, who I stayed in touch with. Um, my now fiance swam there, but her roommate was Kendall, who swam for my club team in Florida. Okay. Got it? Yep, I'm right. totally following all this. All right, so the, <laughs> the roommate of my fiance swam for my club team and swam at UK. Got it. And so she was like, oh, yeah, Keegan's a really good swimmer. He, I mean, he just hasn't been able to get a taper down and have a good meet because he broke his hand, did this and that. So my senior year, it was it, I didn't commit in November. I mean, I committed like April of, of 2016. Of your senior year? Of my senior year. Uh, okay. So, cause I was like, I'm gonna what is out. the, what is the swim season by the it's, way? Is it year round or year round? Okay. Year round. Yeah. All Got year. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like maybe a week or two off, Dang. but in Florida, I mean, I took off whenever I wanted, uh, <laughs> unless it was like a super important meet, <laughs> but, um, but if there was some cool heaven on Friday night and that's yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there was times when I would be like 
pulling into the YMCA parking lot at like 4 a.m. for practice with my buddies. And we're like, yeah, we'll just sleep an extra hour. <laughs> this sounds like me trying to work it's out. Like 6 <laughs> it's like, go to the gym and it's like, are you like on the way? Was, I, actually, this has been a few years because I haven't worked out in, <laughs> in quite a few years, but um, as you could probably tell. But okay, anyway, so going, so you're going to our senior so, year. So then I, Lars calls me. sure that you me. got the times and yeah, all this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Lars, Lars calls me. And he's like, hey, Keegan, been meaning to call you, but Steve tells me that you're a pretty decent swimmer. Like, we'd love to have you. You know, do you Is want Lars to Lars German, by the way? Or? Lar- he might be. His last name's Jorgensen. Did he? Lars Jorgensen. He was, he was an Olympian, I think. Oh, wow. His dad was for sure. Did he have an accent? No. Oh, he okay. just, he did, he, maybe like a little. I'm stereotyping. Maybe like a little lisp. Okay. I don't yeah. really know. All right, so um, he calls you. Yeah. He calls me. He's like, hey, you got a spot on the team if you want it. Like, I'm I, I thought to myself, I'm I'm running out of options here, <laughs> and I love UK. I'm like, I'm, am I gonna move back and see all those kids again, and like, you know, live that whole life again? Oh, so you okay? Sorry, so you went to Florida in high school. Yeah. Oh, okay. I moved to Florida in high school. Okay, got it. I was thinking you didn't move to Florida until I moved. FSU. In, I, I moved to Florida. My <clears throat> sophomore year of high school. Okay. My, the beginning of my sophomore year of high school. You may have said that. and I, I went to four different it, high schools, technically. Wow. Four different high schools. Three okay. different colleges. Okay. Okay. So. I'm with you now. Yeah. So <laughs> so I say yes and start filling all this stuff out. And I go. And then it, it was just that. I was like, I'm going to UK. And I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. I was totally cool with it. But I knew that it was going to be hard, way hard. I knew that my body wasn't in shape yet. So where's what is like? How does UK rank in swim? Swim UK used clubs? to be terrible. Okay. Um, but their women got third at SECs, which is big. That's huge. SEC is pretty dominant in swimming. Not that Pac twelve. Okay. Yeah, the SEC. Um, not that Pac twelve and all of them are bad. They just the depth isn't there versus SEC. Is there like, just as a quick aside. Is there like a national ranking of swim teams? There is, yeah. And do you go to like a championship playoff type thing after your conference stuff or no? No, so it's basically, well, there's NCAAs, but to make NCAAs, you have to be like top of your conference. Top. I mean, for girls, they they take in more girls because Title IX and different stuff, which is super, it gets super complicated. But for guys, it's, I mean, you have to be, really really good and I mean, your whole team has to qualify for you to go no 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 oh, okay so it's based on it's individual, it's individual. interesting yeah okay and then it's based on team because the team can bring texas i mean they win all the time they're okay they're they're top dogs so in 2019 the best swim team in the country in college was well now i'm trying to think of who won 2019 or maybe or your senior year let's say i mean my senior year is texas of high my okay. senior year of high school is texas my senior year this year, I don't even know if it. I don't think NCAA has happened. When because uh, of COVID, did, did you graduate in? I graduated December? this year. Oh, in May of twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. I graduated August twenty twenty. I just finished my classes and everything. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, t- twenty twenty when I graduated. So when, and we don't know who the top team is because they didn't have a competition. Because all the, the year COVID before, stuff. it was either Texas, Stanford, NC State, okay, um, Indiana. Texas is usually. They've won like four years in a row, so I'm pretty sure they won. Okay, got it. I mean, they're they're that good. Okay, 
So we're, we're jumping. Well, I'm like jumping around crazy. No, no, no but Texas the, is the best. So UK. So you go, decided. Oh, to go so to UK. I. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I. I mean, by that point, I was super committed and ready to go. But then I had to start running and getting my body back in shape because I knew that I couldn't just go and in slack because their coach, you know, they run to the ground the first month. Nice. And they definitely ran me to the ground. I mean, I was struggling. I wasn't struggling mentally. I was struggling, like, physically. Mm. Like, I didn't wake up in the morning tired. Like, my, I woke up in the morning hurting. Like, I was sore. I was, like, sore to the point where, like, I couldn't walk. Dang. And that was from swimming and just running, which I did my whole life except for the three years that I moved to Florida. And so, I mean, I started to get over the hump, and I was the slowest guy on the swim team. Mm. But... But UK does this like kind of good juju thing, but okay, a little yeah. bit worse. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so the good juju, you know, every week, whoever has the good juju gives it back. Right. And um, so it gives it to whoever they think should have it. And I was actually the first freshman to get it. Nice. And it was, I think, I don't think, but I, I have a feeling that it was mainly because the coach was like, yeah, this kid, you know, talking to the older swimmers, they got this walk on. He's going to come in here. He'll be gone in two weeks. <laughs> Cause they do, they say that all the time, mm-hmm. you know, they walk around and they, it, and it felt like for two, two to three weeks, they were like, they just want me to quit. Like, they just want me to stop swimming. Like they, they're just here to give me a chance and like, Hey, see ya. Like transfer. So I loved UK cause, um, I loved all those kids that I stayed in dorms with. I was doing good, training, proving myself. I mean, things were going right. And then when I transferred, when I told the coach, hey, like, I got to go, it was for family reasons, but he was like, he's like, well, if it's money, like, we'll take care of it. And I was like, nice. Like, the whole thing? He's like, yeah, like, we'll pay for all of it. I was like, I had to turn it down because I had just told my parents like that I'd call them and tell them that I'd tra- I'll transfer to Florida State, and I mean, I love. I mean, I could have stuck it out and gone, and that probably would have been amazing if I'd got that full ride and took it. But yeah, UK was awesome, and that's how I got to UK. Right, cool. I mean, basically, my friends helped me out, coaches helped me out, and by the time I was there, I proved myself to stay. Nice. Yeah. So they gave you the good juju because they gave me you the didn't good quit. juju. Well, and, no, they gave me the good juju. Hard. They gave me the good juju because I was just training fast and good. Nice. And being a leader and not getting in trouble. And I mean, I was having a good time, but I was also showing up in the morning and kicking butt. <laughs> kicking butt and taking names. That's right. Uh-huh. I wasn't. I was the. I mean, I got put into a couple sets where it was like. I was the kid that had to get in the lane of four instead of a lane of three. So was that, three was guys that instead of four guys in per lane. Okay. And when I get in those lanes, you just get run over because guys are bigger than you. Wait, so, so you like, have four so people you're swimming in, one in the lane. same? Yeah, yeah. You okay. swim in the same lane and circle swim. And when we did long sets, like, I'd just get run over. But there was days when I was doing the running over. <laughs> nice. Which is what they liked to see. Yeah. So, so y'all, what's a... Um, before we keep going with the journey through college and stuff, what's um, the normal? Take me through like the the practice regimen for a swim team for like a normal week. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you your case because it's the yeah, easiest yeah. to remember. Guys' schedule, girls' schedule schedule just has a little bit different timing. Monday, 
6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Be there early, obviously. Got to be on the mats at like 5.45 to do abs. So then, class, practice Wait, again. what do you do during, from 6 to 8, though? Swim. Just oh, swim, two swim. hours. Yeah, it's an hour. It like UK was an hour of kicking, which I'm not a kicker. But I'm a good runner. I'm not a kicker. <laughs> like, so at all. I was actually so bad at kicking that they would start the next set on Monday mornings, and I'd have to run to the other side of the pool because I was so good at pooling, which was next. What's pooling? Pooling is like paddles. Yeah, by the way, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'll, ex I'll explain it to I you. I know nothing. Yeah, you just keep there. saying that because I keep, I mean, I won't even think of twice about yeah. it. Yeah. So it was like aerobic threshold, pool, freestyle, like straight up my alley. Like just, just get going and swimming go. and you don't have to kick. You just got to swim fast and like keep doing it over and over and over. So after the kick set, it'd be like 7.02 and they're starting the next set and they're like, Keegan, hurry up, like finish this. Sitting there pulling on the lane line, like getting out, throwing my board and going and doing the thing, leading the lane over there when I was just going on the last cycle. Like the last cycle is like the interval that you're doing the set on. Okay. There's A, I'm B, half, C. Half following this, there's, sort of. Yeah, yeah. There's A, B, C cycles, whatever. I was just, <laughs> I, either way, I was the slowest kicker on Monday mornings. And everybody. And kicking is like you're on with a, a board. board thing. With a board. With a board in yeah, the front of you. Your and elbows like, on it. And like you're the, just kicking yeah, your feet. Just you're kicking not allowed your to use your hands. Yeah, oh, you're not just supposed to. Kicking down and back. Yeah, you're not supposed it's to. terrible. That is just absolute torture. And, it, and Monday mornings was long course. So, for, so from six to seven, you're just kicking? Yeah, pretty much. For an hour in the pool. An hour. Pretty much. Like, I know that's probably par for the course for college swimming. And they may change it, it up. Seems insane. They may they may change it up sometimes. Like they may throw in some swimming, but for me it was pretty much kicking for a straight hour. <laughs> okay, and then, so then you go and then I go, go and swim normal freestyle like aerobic, okay. yeah, high high aerobic type threshold like three hundreds on three thirty long course something that's you know and that's you don't get too much rest maybe ten to fifteen seconds rest. Okay, so you swim yeah. a distance, then you rest for... 10 to 15 seconds. And then you swim it again, swim it again yeah. for an hour, for another yeah. hour. Yeah. Okay, so what? So like when you're doing the That's kicking, a Monday morning. Yeah, I know, Carl. It's freaking, it's, isn't that crazy? We got a lot that's to just a Monday, the week. Yeah, it's yeah, just a Monday practice. morning. It's yeah. crazy. All right, we're going to take this slow. Okay, we're... I'm breathing hard just thinking about <laughs> the workout that must have been. No kidding. Like, was, how did you walk when you got done with an that's hour what of I'm kicking? Saying. That's what I'm saying. Well, Mondays was great because... The morning practices were great because I actually had a really good breakfast place on campus that me and a couple of buddies would go to before class. So it kind of led me. We're going to talk about food stuff. Too. No, no, it got me to where I was thinking about just get through this Monday morning because the rest is smooth sailing until Saturday. Monday morning is the worst? Monday morning for me was the worst. Uh, a lot of okay. people would disagree. Okay. okay. But I'm really, when I tell you I'm really bad at kicking, I hate kicking <laughs> and I'm really bad at it. Okay. So like kicking made me want to quit swimming. Okay, so I was gonna ask when you're, so when you're just kicking, is it tougher? Like, is it tough? Um, I'm trying. How do I? Explain? Is it tougher? Like, you're, uh, you're like on your abs. You're like aer aerobic breathing and like having no. the endurance, or is it tougher on the actual muscles in your legs? For me, it was, wearing out. For me, it was the actual muscle in my legs. Okay. I was never. People would be like, "You're not even out of breath. You didn't even try." Yeah, you're right. Because. My legs, they just don't work. Got it. Okay. But then the aerobic swimming for the hour, that was like a challenge for their muscles and for, the, for your yeah, respiratory. Yeah, for okay. Sure. All right. Got for it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And that was Monday morning. And like that's like I, normally what you're 
I'm trying to like, like yeah. in baseball, you yeah. go and you throw a lot to right. build up your arm strength. You right. take ground balls to practice. Yeah, they kind of, they, they, but in swimming, you do this. They say that you do this to do it. But to I build up that, the muscles and yeah, the yeah, and okay. all that stuff and to build up your leg muscles and everything stuff. But, you know, swimming is a growing science sport, like growing in science. And a lot of people are getting behind, like you don't need to do all that kick, all this different stuff. So it's always changing. It's always changing right now. Is there a whole? It lot stayed of, the uh, same for a long time. I mean, we were doing sets that were written in like the seventies. Dang. Um, what changed? Just the fact that you know they figured out what VO two max is and all this different stuff. Well, you know, nutrients is swimming really? Do we need to focus on kicking with a board? Like we don't kick with a board in a race, so why are we using a board? Do we need to pull with a buoy? Like our our hips are floating when we're pulling with a buoy. Buoy. What's the point of that? I mean, they start to justify what the point is. Well, you're trying to tell your body that you want to be floating when you're racing. Okay. But <laughs> I roll. But your body's still not going to do that in a race, you know. Okay. Um but yeah, so so yes. That's what they were trying to do. Got it. So and it's like running. They they mixed in running with swimming to build up that aerobic capacity. Okay. To build up just the respiratory your your heart rate isn't getting high. You know, you're just running and trying to be aerobically fit. Got it. All right, so Monday, so we did Monday morning. Yeah. And then you go to class at 8. Go to class. For how I mean, long? I went to class for... Did you even attend classes, Keegan? In the morning I did because I had the breakfast. But then... Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you needed the afternoon naps. We, we don't need to... I don't need to be on record that I didn't go to class. <laughs> that's I mean, true. Okay, so the, so <laughs> after classes, what's the next? I graduated. That's all that matters. That's right. Um, No, so I actually... St- I made sure that I didn't eat three hours, like... Three hours was the cutoff before practice. So if practice is at 2, done eating by 11. So if practice is at 6 a.m., you don't eat breakfast at all? No, I did not eat breakfast. Oh, okay. So you go after the... A lot of people do eat breakfast. They, like, swear by it. But I read this article. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I swear. I read this article that was like, oh, your body is going to use those stored calories. Okay. When you're working out. So in the morning, I was like, why would I eat and feel full or even feel like there's something on my stomach when my body's just going to use different nutrients? So then I told myself, I don't like eating in the morning before I swim. So I'm just not. And it worked out fantastic because morning it. practices were usually really good for me, except for Monday morning from 6 to 7. So the really good breakfast place was at 8 a.m.? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, really and like you, 8.45 because right. practice always ran late. Of course. Two, over two hours of swimming, it's crazy. Yeah, be um, there at, be there at five forty, to be on the mats by five forty five, and then doing ab workouts, doing a little bit of abs before you got in. Or if you, if it was a certain day of the week, you know, it's you got to get in the pool because you got a long set. <laughs> it's like no, I hate those days. Um, okay, so Monday. So Monday afternoon, afternoon it's yeah. like practices were two to four on Monday afternoons, <clears throat> but for distance, I would say like two to. I'd say 145 because you got to be there 15 minutes early to start apps. Every practice. Every practice. Every practice at UK, be there 15 minutes early to start. Do you start still have a six pack right now? Heck no. Six pack in my belly with like beer. <laughs> I do not have a six pack anymore. Okay. I don't even know if like I have apps anymore. Does your fiance, is your fiance disappointed that you Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's totally, she keeps telling me like to start running again or biking or anything. Let me just tell you, how old are you right now? 
22. Okay, so I'm I not- turned 23 in like a couple months. Oh, okay, so I'm like eight, eight years older than you. Are. Yeah. I'll just say now, Carl can attest, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. And I'm only 30, and I'm like, yeah, it's like, I should still be in shape. but It, it doesn't only 31. not get easier. I think it gets harder. It definitely gets harder. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So good luck. Okay, so. Yeah. No, I need to like. <laughs> Monday afternoons. <laughs> so Monday afternoons were, for me, were distance days. So I'm doing, I mean, you're, this isn't going to mean nothing to you, but isn't going to mean anything to you. But there's the Kentucky in me. Uh, <laughs> ain't gonna mean nothing. <laughs> the uh, you know we I'd get in the pool and swim for literally two to two and a half hours straight Dang. of long set. You know three to four thousand yards more than an average practice. So, so it was like, like you'd swim like ten thousand yards. Oh, ten thousand miles and I mean ten thousand yards in a practice. In a practice. <sighs> That's uh what is that? You said mile was sixteen hundred yards. Yeah. So we'll just say it's like it's like seven five miles. yeah five, six miles four seven five miles. miles. Math. I mean, four times two is Dang, eight crazy. minus two. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but that was Monday. I mean, by the time I got out, they had this awesome thing called uh, training table. And training table was basically athletes get to go to this buffet. And, I mean, I had a plate of cornbread, and then I had a whole plate of meat, and then I had a whole plate of, like, whatever else I wanted, you know? Dang. That was after Mondays. Mondays were... Mondays were hard, but it kind of set me up for the week because I was like, this is a hard day. Tuesday's going to be better because Tuesday morning you have weights. And guys had it later. Mm. So guys had it at like, I think, 7 o'clock, 7 to 8. So now so we got to sleep in. Yeah, so we got to sleep in. Did y'all have like uh, regimented stuff or did you just kind of lift like mm. what you wanted to? Or We had a coach. Okay. And the coach was all about you know, staying on the schedule, lifting a certain amount. You had to put, you know, like, so you keep track and everything. Keep track of everything. They even kept track of the nutrients that we were allowed to take from the cage, like with all the power or protein shakes and all that stuff. It was crazy. But seven to eight was a lift. Okay. And I actually had tutoring at eight. So, um, you got tutored at, or you tutored people? I got tutored. Okay. Like when you were a freshman, you didn't have a choice. Oh, really? Like almost every class, I'm pretty sure, which is a joke because they were general ed classes. It's like, I need tutoring for counting <laughs> 4,000. I don't need tutoring for this. Right. But the, um, so seven to eight was lifting. Then two, we had practiced again at two, which it was like 145, like I said. I forget what Tuesday Tuesday night was. I mean, it was, it was. Probably some swimming. I mean, it was definitely <laughs> swimming, but I don't know what type. Yeah. Because Wednesday mornings were VO2 max, so that's where we got on the blocks and raced. Oh, okay. And that was always hard because being a distance swimmer, you had the longer races. Right. So it was like, oh, some of these people are going to do six 100s. Some of these people are going to do six twos. And I was always the one that was doing six twos. And I'm just like, this effing sucks. <laughs> so you, what, I mean, six twos is six 200 yards? Yeah, six okay. 200 yards. Well, in the mornings, it's meters at UK. Oh, uh, okay. Which this is like so confusing. Yeah, but just we'll just go with yards for everything because really college is supposed to be just yards. So yeah, Wednesday mornings was another two and a two hours of swimming, but you had to be there fifteen minutes early. Right. Usually ended up staying a little late because you got to change the pool and all this stuff. You were there till like eight twenty, and, and that's yard, if you got if that's if you didn't rinse off and just totally went got through the clothes clothes on and went to back to your dorm right and skipped class. <laughs> 
Because you need some sleep. And this was like, uh, oh, I was going to ask too, when you do like the two hours of pool time or the hour of pool time, it's just all freestyle swimming? And then, um, what about the- for the, I mean, at UK, no. But like, when did I they got make LSU, you do different strokes and I did stuff? whatever I want. Um, yeah. I mean, for the most, there was like days where everybody had to do fly, okay. butterfly. There was yeah, days yeah. when everybody had to do, but f- being a distance swimmer, it was 95% freestyle all the time. You could even get away with like, I don't want to do breaststroke. They're like, yeah, you don't have to. You'll screw up your knees. So. Right. <laughs> now, I don't think I did breaststroke. I did breaststroke as a joke one time and I was like, I can't do that because <laughs> I hadn't done it in so long. Yeah. I I mean, kids wanted to always race it, but at LSU, and I was like, I call them kids. They were my teammates. <laughs> and I, I, I told them, I'm like, I can't. My knees, breaststroke is like the frog stroke. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do that. So Tuesdays, I mean, they were, I'm sure it was something, but that was two hours of swimming. Then Wednesday, Wednesday, I'm, I want to say that was a double too. I know for a fact we had Wednesday morning practice, VO2 max, mm-hmm. hard day. I don't remember if we had Wednesday night off or not. Because technically, NCAA, uh, NCAA regulations is 20 hours a week. And that's it. Like 20, oh, hours, maximum. 20 hours in the pool or out of the pool. Like 20 hours per, to your sport, that's it. Hmm. UK went, I mean, over it. For sure. <laughs> I mean, every every college did. Yeah. Florida State did. LSU did. Is that for every sport? Sport. That's for football. And this is where this is where I would say it's BS. Because think about a football player. They get dragged in. If they play football and do drills and all that crap, lift, run for 20 hours, and then they have to sit there and do interviews and all this stuff for an extra hour or two out of their week, they're already like... That's 30 hours granted to football. I mean, I'm not saying. And the the reason Joe Burrow and people like him were able to get so good is because he had like not that many classes. Right. So he didn't have that on his plate. Right. He was like, yeah, I'll stay and do the extra work. Can you volunteer yourself as much as you want? I mean, like I say, yeah, you can volunteer. You can put in your own time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the coaches can only only be mandated for so many hours. Right. But that's why, like, people like Joe Burrow were able to put in that volunteer work. Like, yeah, he was volunteer he had, like, hours. Class, one class. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I can go. And same with the other guys. Football is hard to compare to. So yeah. Think about swimming. Like, you're pretty much getting told if you don't show up to practice, it's like, where's Keegan? Well, he, you know, decided to take the optional practice because, you know, he figured that he should get this. Well, that's just not right. Mm. Make sure he knows not to do that again. Wow. And I mean, there was get. I mean, we got in arguments on the, on the swim team all the time. It's like, hey, I know that the practice schedule says optional, but it's, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's just, pretty. I think I would think that. I mean, that's that probably the across for, the board. And it is across the, same the board. Same for like baseball. It is, and it's getting better. I say it's, it's getting better, as in like coaches are starting to actually realize, hey, you don't really need to do that much, like. Take the optional practice because I promise you, you'll enjoy it. They'll actually rest. You know, some kids are going to go and get hammered and do their thing. If they show <laughs> up the next day, they show up the next day and they better begin after it. That's all. I'm, that's that's right. it. And if, if they don't, then they'll find out and they'll be like, they'll change their mind or they'll quit. I mean, it's all about leadership of a team, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, it start, and, and, and it doesn't start with 
the captain of a swim team. It starts with the coaches. Mm-hmm. The coaches need to throw in trust and throw in some some rope that the captains and leaders of the team can pull. You know, because at UK, they had it. They had it made. UK's guys grew. They were like fifth this year in, at SECs, and that's huge. I mean, that's huge for the four years that I've been. I mean, they sent guys to NCAAs, more guys than they've ever sent, different stuff. Like, I mean, they, and they had good leaders. And mm-hmm. they knew when to have fun and when not to have fun. At LSU, we just couldn't get a grip because the coaches and the swimmers didn't see eye to eye. The communication wasn't there. It was like one kid wanted to go do this and that. And it was like, dude, come to me before you go straight to the coaches with something like that. Like, we can solve this. And, and or there was one day when I was like, I got a couple of the other the the other captain. I was I said to him, "Hey, we need to, you know, we need to do a punishment practice. Like we need to do something that all of us like set on a, on the leaders of the team." And the kid didn't want to do it. Like the other senior was like, "No, my back's my back's not feeling good." I'm like, I mean, dang. I, and I told him, "I'm like, you're effing all of this up." And you know what? I'm just sorry. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do what I can do. Because I couldn't. Because the coaches were like, no, like, we'll take care of it. They never took care of it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Which, I don't blame them. They have a lot of other things to worry about. But if you want the swim team to get damn good, it's how you start. Like, mm-hmm. draw the line. And lines would get crossed. And if you were a good swimmer, it's like, oh, yeah, it's all right. We'll take you on this travel trip. It's all right. But if you're a bad swimmer, I was like, eh, or if they didn't like you, eh, we'll keep you home. It's fine to have favoritism in swimming, but also you need to play the card. Like, and this happened on all three teams. It's not just LSU. It happens on every team. Mm-hmm. But it's like the the key is the leadership and getting all of them on the same line. I mean, at UK, the leaders of that team, they made us run. I mean, it wasn't the coaches that made us run and different stuff. It was the captain of the team. Nice. And he was like, we're going on a on a captain's practice. Nice. It's like, ugh. Like that sucked, but it was it 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 made you respect and you respected the seniors. Mm-hmm. Now there's now now there's no respect for any any senior any upperclassman. Like a, a freshman, I mean, I'll t- <laughs> it's a short story. Okay, we were in are you lot- gonna like dish some dirt? Yeah, I mean, but it's super it's super short, and he knows he doesn't care <laughs> if he ever heard it, but. <laughs> He put his bag by my locker. And my locker's on the opposite side of the locker room. Now, LSU has a nice size locker room. It's about the size of this room, you know, a little bit bigger, like the locker room. LSU had a nice locker room compared to UK and Florida State. UK didn't have one. Florida State had one about half the size with double the team members. Dang. Um, But anyways, getting off track. (laughs) This kid put it, this freshman put his bag. And you're a senior. And I'm a senior. Okay. Put his ba- I have a corner locker. He's got this locker over here. He put his bag with his computer and all this stuff right next to my locker. And I'm on the end where there's like a little cubby, which you could totally throw it under. That's perfectly fine. Throw it under the cubby, like where the thing is. But it was like on my locker. And I like told him one day, I'm like, hey, like put this somewhere else. Don't put it in front of my locker, please. Pretty sure I said please. <laughs> and uh, well, I told him like three more times. And then I was like, forget it. So one day, yeah, one day I like came in and he must've been having a bad day. 
I came in like after Drylander or weights or something. We're all sweating, and I see his bag there. I'm like, I'm so over this. What? What? Can, I'm throwing it away. I put it in the trash and throw it away. <laughs> I, literally, I put the bag in the trash. All these guys are in here, and none of them like would listen. And the kids started freaking out. Who the f put my bag in the trash? Blah blah blah. I was like, I did. I literally, I was like, I did. I told you to quit putting it in my locker. Next time, it'll be in the pool nice. with the computer in it. And then he was like, started to just like try to fight me. And all of a sudden, there's only one kid on the team that's truly bigger than me, like taller and thicker. And he was like holding this kid back. And he's like, Keegan, it, like just, just try to leave it alone. And I'm like, no, this kid needs to start to listen. Like he's not listening. He's disrespectful to everybody. He breaks all the rules. He doesn't listen to the coaches. He doesn't listen to us. Like this is ridiculous. We don't want we don't want him on our team. I don't care how fast he is. I mean, he was decent. He wasn't like the fastest on the team. Mm -hmm. He didn't go to NCAA's or anything. Uh, neither did I. But I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. I'm describing the person. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I came out of the locker room. I was like, Jesus, I'm so over this. Blah blah blah. And my coach was like, What? What's going on? I'm like, Your freshmen don't listen to their upperclassmen. And then I didn't talk for the rest of the practice because I was just so pissed that they wouldn't listen. Because I never had that interaction when I was a freshman. Mm -hmm. My only interaction as a freshman was, am I allowed to be in that lane? Like, am I allowed to put my bag? Hey, hey, you know, Jake, can I put my bag in this lane to go swim in this lane? Yeah. I mean, there was never, I was almost scared of the <clears throat> seniors, whereas these kids. Yeah, for sure. Like, I remember when we, when I went to, college as a freshman they had a tradition that the uh seniors would shave the freshmen's heads yeah like the first practice or whatever so they did that whole thing and then i i remember like being like yeah like the seniors there like you were like a little bit scared of mm -hmm. them because like they were like you know you're 18 or something they're like yeah, 22, 22 which is a pretty big difference back then it is but it's and then also they're like bigger and stronger usually yeah. and older and they have beards and they drink a case of beer on the weekends yeah, and stuff and, like that. And so they still come into practice. Yeah. And then, and also, and you know, like I relate to the, to the story that you told. And I think there may, maybe like some, there definitely is that element, even in high school of like oh. freshmen, uh, you know, younger, lower classmen and upperclassmen, the, like having the leadership and the, and then the, the if the freshmen aren't acting right basically then yeah. like you got to put them in line right like it's yeah. it's like it sounds it might sound weird to somebody that that wasn't involved Didn't in sports, sports but yeah. it's like yeah if they put their bag in the wrong spot then uh they like well it's just like put i mean it's no different than like family you know <clears throat> like you're not gonna go tell i mean you may but you're gonna get your butt whooped if you go tell your dad to right you know screw off and all this different stuff but i mean <laughs> <laughs> hey i've had i mean i never saw my dad like sit there and curse at his dad you know? right so it's like the, the respect level has got to be there mm -hmm. and it's just not there so what happened with the kid oh i mean he's still swimming but but i, I mean like did you like you know keep on him for or? a while like he came up and said sorry to me finally at some point and i was like dude I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> like, I'm trying so hard to help you out because you just keep screwing up and I keep taking your back for no reason. I'm like, how about you just start to listen to me? Like, you and your little freshman boys that keep doing all these stupid pranks and getting in trouble or whatever, like, just listen to me. Like, so you can stay out of trouble. Or 
tell me first and I may be able to like get to the coach before it gets to the coach from someone else besides the guys. I mean, I don't know if it ever, I mean, the kid, he actually got in some big trouble like after the season ended. Really? And so I don't know what the deal is. With so that. what, um, so how do you become the captain of the swim team? Do they, is it like voted or appointed or what? Be the coach's favorite. Okay, so it's appointed from no, the coach. No, it's, I mean, at LSU it was, kind of. I think, uh, you know, not necessarily. It was. Yet, was like, it or was it not? Was I'm trying to think of, like, how it all went down. I, I mean, it's totally asked, fun if, he, he asked, if you were his favorite. That's the best. I was his favorite, for sure. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll probably tell you now. Like, oh, yeah, I love, I mean, I, he texted me today and was like, will you help out, coach? And I'm just like... For you, I'll help you. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we became great friends, and we couldn't wait till swimming was over so that the coach-swimmer uh, relationship could go to friend. Mm-hmm. Friend to friend, you know? Because uh, he helped me out getting here and all that stuff, and we made the dream happen. Um, but becoming captain, I mean, I was going to either be captain of whatever team I was on because I wanted to be, like, really bad. That mm-hmm. was a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. And... At LSU, you know, you had to f- email him. He said, if you're interested in being captain, email me three reasons why and, you know, a couple reasons, like, why not or something like that. Something interesting. Something clever. Mm-hmm. Like some weaknesses and different stuff. And my my biggest weakness was, like, eh, start to lose respect for people when they need to be lose respected for or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> kind of worried. I worried it a little bit better than that. Yeah, but that's pretty I much so. where I was going with it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it was true. Like I, there was, that's how it went down. And mm-hmm. I mean, me, I could have probably emailed him and been like, "I want to be captain," and and done it as a joke and filled it out. But I actually kind of tried to fill it out serious just to see if he'd say anything about it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I ended up being captain, but so did a kid that shouldn't have been and. So it was definitely up to, like, the coach's discretion. But I'm sure that the kids on the team would have voted for me. Cool. Which is kind of cool to know. Because they all, majority of them respected me except for the freshmen because they just didn't know me. Because I was never around when they were being recruited because Kendra was moving down and all this stuff. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying how it all worked out. Mm -hmm. Some recruiting weekends I was there, some I weren't. I wasn't in the dorms with the kids when they were keeping them overnight. I call them kids because they were 17 and 18 when mm-hmm. they were being brought to LSU, and they still were, you know. So, I mean, yeah, the guys at the LSU, they found some respect for me after I started to swim. I had kind of proved myself then, too, because I broke my elbow mm. the first God, week. You just keep hurting yourself. The first week I was at LSU. You were rollerblading? Uh, or? No. Um, <laughs> no. This is why they have respect for me, because I – was out on their, they do, you know, just like every team, they do their little shindig of becoming a brother type of thing. Mm-hmm. And hazing and the, yeah, all yeah, the, all the hazing. No, yeah. they didn't really get hazed. <laughs> like, I don't think that it would count as hazing. Like, kids. Not like it, frat hazing. Not, no, it's right, not of near, course, of not course. near of as course, bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, we got to be super careful with that stuff because. Especially now. Yeah, because you'll get in so much trouble. Right. So we're, we're, it's more fun and games and. Until like you even break if, an elbow. And even if then, well, so then, <laughs> so we we end up like meeting, meeting the girls at the night, going to the house to have a party or whatever, 
hang out. Everybody's starting to go out. And I didn't want to go out because I'm like, no, I'm going to go home and like save my money and drink my own beer because I'm <laughs> old enough to drink my own beer, <laughs> which I don't think I was. I think I was 20. Um, Uh-oh. I don't remember. Breaker. I don't remember. But <laughs> either way, I was like, I'm going to make sure that these freshmen, I had, I had only had like a beer or two, maybe even three, which isn't a lot. Like for that time period. For a man of your stature. Well, it just wasn't like for the time period, for like of what, uh, how everything was going down. Mm -hmm. Because we were trying to logistics and all this stuff, like getting the kids to the car and all this, helping them transport themselves. Okay. Got it. Got it. I'm with you. Because they were drinking a lot. I'm with you. Yep. I'm with you. So. And I guess they didn't want to spend money on Ubers and stuff. Well, some of them were. Like that was, we were getting them to the Uber. Got it. Okay. And there's this fence and basically. You have to I hop the fence and yeah. hop the fence, but the fence was so low that I didn't really need to hop it. I just needed to like walk over it. And when I put my <laughs> leg over, my right leg caught the fence. And when I fell down, my stomach got my elbow and it hyper ex- extended that way. Wow. So like my my the back of my elbow was on my stomach while I touched the ground and it like pushed that way and I was like holy crap, I think I just broke my arm. Dang. And at that moment, I was like, yeah, now I'm definitely not going out. Like, thank God I'm not doing that. I got to go home and, like, put some ice on this. This thing hurts <laughs> so bad. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, Keegan jumped the fence, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I had long hair at this time. Okay. So it made it yeah, even more. Yeah, I don't know more. if Carl has seen the pictures of I, the long hair. It, it made it even more. I had hair, like, down to my shoulders. It's like surfer hair. Yeah, nice. surfer, surfer blonde. So then after that, the next day was the first swim practice. The, first the day after you practice. break your elbow. <laughs> the first swim. And I'm like. Is this your, to, what year is this? Senior year or junior year? Junior year. Okay. I'm trying to like shake out my elbow and be like, yeah, you can do it. And I get in the pool and like, luckily we started kicking. And I was like, all right, I can kick. I mean, I'm a slow kicker, but I can kick. <laughs> but then we start swimming and I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is some serious pain. Might need to get out and tell the trainer. <laughs> And I like do a couple more laps, get out, tell the trainer. The trainer's like, <laughs> her name's Maria. We became great friends after this. She's like, yeah, we might have to go to the doctor. I'm like, oh, I mean, maybe it's just a sprain. Let's just put some tape on it and see how it does. Well, we put tape on it and I keep swimming on it. And sure enough, they're like, go to do an MRI and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't think I need an MRI. Like, what if it's not actually broken? What if it's just, they do the MRI, it's freaking broken. I'm in a thing for like three months. Wow. (laughs) I mean, it was like two and a half or two and a half months, but, oh. And I had the UK dual meet coming up in October. Oh. So I broke it August 20th and I needed to be ready to go October 8th, I think, or 3rd. So I was like, do anything get this elbow better so that I can go to that meet because we were chartering too. So nice. I wanted to be on the private jet and with all my team and, nice. and go and, and see go my old friends. UKers. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to go see all my friends, all this stuff. And Kendra was up there still at the time. So that was, I mean, so did you get, did you do it? Did you get that? Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Nice. I mean, I kind of got lucky again. The coach knew that I really wanted to go. He were pretty tight, <laughs> but I mean, I didn't hurt the team. I only helped them. So, so you got, but you got the cast I off got and to swam. Go, and yeah, I mean, it that. was like a brace that didn't let me move. Got basically. it. Basically. Okay. 
but that was, yeah. And then, so I wasn't swimming for that whole like two months. I only got to swim those like last two weeks. Dang. And um, when I started swimming, like luckily I was in decent shape. I wasn't even in decent. I don't know how I was swimming that fast. Because <laughs> I had taken off some time, but I was working out, like doing different ab workouts and all this different stuff. And they found some respect for me because I started to swim fast. Sweet. Well, I dropped, they had a really, really good distance swimmer that stopped swimming like two months after me because he, he fractured his back really bad. Dang. All these swimmers doing a, doing a box jump. He was really flimsy. He ate like crap. His bone density was like negative, bad. <laughs> and um, you mentioned the bone density thing earlier. Do they, do they like track? They that do. They tra- they track that stuff. They like make really? you sit in this like do this whole DEXA scan and bod pod crap. What for? I think just to like see if hey, did you feel better when you had ten percent body fat or twenty percent like. Not that it's not that significant. Drastic, yeah. But I mean, mine was like twelve and eleven. Okay. You know, when it when it and they could measure it up. Like, when did you swim fast? Oh, you swim fast when you had more. So you need to be at twelve percent body fat and try to mimic that again and again and again. Hmm. That's the goal. Okay. But they're still like just doing research and all that stuff. Right. But this kid, literally, was he had a really fast time compared to me. Like, he was always really good, always really good at training. And the only reason that they all liked me was because one day we were doing these hundreds on repeat or 125s on repeat. 125s is a hun- five, la- five mm-hmm. laps. Mm-hmm. And we had like nine or ten of them. <clears throat> and I just was like dropping it on him. <laughs> and his, his name's Sven. He's from Sweden or something. Croatia. He's from Croatia. Nice. And he was just like, he got out of the pool and quit. Quit? That day he was like, I can't. I can't do it. He quit the team? Out. Well, no, I'm or, just saying, like, quit the practice. Oh, okay. He's like, I'm going to pass out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, come on, Sven. Like, we got two more or whatever. He's like, no. Dang. And that kid, supposedly he'd never done that. But, I mean, he just <clears throat> never also had anybody to train with. Mm-hmm. He was always by himself and swam really good by himself. So what um, – I don't think we finished the practice week. Yeah, we didn't. So, like, is it is it two a day is for the rest of the week? Yeah. It's, and then I mean, Thursday was – same thing as Tuesday. Okay. Mimic Tuesday. So it's <clears throat> in the morning, two two hours swims a night, 15 minutes. Fridays were fly day at some point. So you did a whole practice fly. Two hours. Like two hours. Well, I mean, it was a set. It was like a fly set. Okay. But you were still swimming for two hours. Did y'all call it fly day Friday? Fly day Friday. That's like the running <laughs> joke. Like, it made sense. Hey, I heard it. Everybody's ready for fly day Friday. It's like morning at 545. Not ready for fly day. You just are like, no, please no. <laughs> Friday nights were hit or miss because we split up. I think we split up as genders because then Saturday practice. Going to different bars and stuff. No. <laughs> no, I wish. It was like it was like guys on this side, girls on this side. So when you're doing the practices, is it all? Is it just guys all the time or, just, or sometimes it's everyone? No, it, it just And what about the divers? The divers at UK, they use the same pool, so they do it at the same time sometimes, not in the mornings because the mornings we use the whole pool. Um, okay, and then – Saturday – Saturday, yeah, Saturday. Women had 6.45 to, to I think, 10.30. 6.45 to 10.30. And guys had 7.45 to 12. Dang. So we had we had 7.45 because we'd come in, do abs till 8, get in the pool at 8, split with the women for an hour. Then it'd be 9 o'clock. And that's when it was like, here comes two and a half hours of hell. What's two and a half hours of hell? Swimming. 
It's literally yeah. the hardest practice that they could throw on us just, majority of the time. Just get and the just whole like time. sets after like hard sets, long sets, and then we had weights from after. We had weights from eleven to twelve. Dang. That's nuts. Yeah. And then Sunday off. Sunday was off. Sunday was recovery day. But yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, it was recovery day, and I, th- I, I swear this is why swimmers drink a lot. Like Saturday, drink alcohol. A lot? Yeah, drink alcohol. <laughs> like they have a problem. No, legit. I mean, and Saturdays they would just go in and start. It's like after practice, forget it. I'm getting hammered because this week sucked. Just Saturday Maybe. night, just crush Saturday, it. Saturday, I mean, they were terrible. Dang. Yeah, that's a that was a week at UK. Florida State was similar. They're all similar. They're all similar. The problem with Florida State was there was no, like, rules. What do you mean? Like, You just have to swim for a certain time? Just No, just make sure that you show up and come and swim. And if you don't, if you're fast, they're still going to take you. It's all about if you're fast or not. It doesn't matter how. Like, they want you to come in and train hard. But if you show up train hard they're gonna have respect for you they still might not take you depending on how fast you are but this kid who came in drunk at 3 a.m and decided to come in and swim fast one day it's like oh he's going to the meet wow or skip a practice there's kids that skip saturday practices which did not happen at uk still took them to travel meets so florida state it was kind of like no rules who cares just swim fast Hmm. lsu it was a mix of both. So, all right. So, tell me why you uh, changed schools. Why you get, went to Florida yeah. and then why you came to LSU? Yeah. So, I went to Florida State because my parents moved to Florida. Florida. Mm-hmm. And so, I decided that I needed to be closer to family because my brother got sick mm-hmm. in November of 2016, my freshman year at UK. Mm-hmm. Got sick with a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, ah, oh, you know, he had brain cancer. We need to. I need to be closer to home, mm-hmm. especially if he does treatment in Gainesville or something. You know, I can be a couple hours away. And I can be three and a half hours to four hours away from home. Like, I can visit on a weekend, whatever. So I decided that I'd transfer to Florida State. And the coach was going to help me get in because I already missed all those deadlines. Like, I decided the day before Christmas. kind Oh, uh, okay. So, because um, I, I went home from UK on December 2nd and just stayed at home that whole month for the most part. And so transferred to Florida State, hindsight 2020, I should have stayed at UK because my brother actually ended up going for his second treatment to Cincinnati, which was an hour away from Lexington. Uh, dang. But I was stuck at Florida <clears throat> State, which was fine because I actually saved my parents a whole lot of money. Mm. They like that probably. Yeah, I mean, I was going to Florida State for free. Nice. With like in-state tuition and my dad's VA stuff. All that, all that was, it's got the bright futures and all that stuff mm-hmm. was helping out a lot. So, for three semesters, um, let's see, November, November of 2017. So now we're a whole year later, mm-hmm. one, almost to the day, almost. My brother passed away mm. in November, uh, November 24th, 2017. And so I was still at Florida State, um, had, you know, sophomore year going in that, you know, decided I didn't want to stay because I wasn't getting much better at swimming. I didn't like it that much. I never really, I wanted to go to FSU in the beginning, but then once I went to UK, I was like, I love UK. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want to go to Florida State again. And then I 
when I decided that I wanted to transfer again, I was like, mom, like they got an opening at LSU. There's a guy that was transferring out of LSU to go to Florida State. And my brother's dream school was LSU. So he went really? here for a little bit. Oh, okay. He went here for like a month. He's he's <clears throat> technically two years younger than me, but he's a grade younger. So your family was in Kentucky, then your parents moved to Florida. Florida. Why was your brother's dream school LSU? He just liked purple and gold. Nice. He liked the he liked when he had a young age those two colors, and then he also liked the tiger. Nice. On the campus. So he ended up like kind of. I mean, I was surprised when he got to come. Like, not surprised that he got to come. I was surprised that he wanted to come and still liked it for so long. Because he was like, oh, I like LSU because the purple and yellow at the time when we were kids, that's what it was. And then it turned into like, no, I actually kind of want to go to LSU. I think it'd be cool. Like, I like that the Tiger, they have a really good football team, all this different stuff. If I want to be a vet, they got a really good vet school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, hopefully you do it. And then he got sick, and I was like, did you get accepted because you were sick, or did you get accepted? <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so he, well, me and him have really, like, terrible, morbid, I mean, I'm a morbid person as it is. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of, like, have had a couple hints of it, because uh -huh. I'll joke about, like, this or that, but me and his, his jokes were just... <laughs> like my mom would get upset when we. I'm sure, this. yeah. But so um, he, so he, when did he go to LSU for freshman year? Yeah, for freshman year he went. So it was it was 2017. Uh, okay. So he died in November, and he came in for Tiger Stripes, which is like some week orientation, which he had a blast at over the summer, and that was the best thing for him because after that, all the steroids and stuff that he was taking were kind of like weighing in on him was having trouble walking, all that stuff, getting bigger and bigger, um, like fatter, not like muscle. <laughs> These aren't those, those types of steroids. Mm -hmm. And so like two days, I don't even know the, the right time frame for this, but I think it was like two, two or three days before classes started on a Monday, I think. And he was like, I can't walk to class. He's got this, he's got a big dog. Like he had a big service dog, an English Mastiff. And um, my brother was tall, like mm. big dude. And um, it was like, he's like, I don't think I need to do this. Like, this, I'm in over my head. I'm not going to be able to get to class, all this different stuff. So out of the blue, one of Chip's friends, who we're really good family friends with, I mean, they're pretty much family now. They're pretty much my parents. Uh, down here, I'm always hanging out with them, the whole family. His buddies was like, hey, I got an electric scooter that King can ride. It's literally like this little electric scooter and Kane found out and he's like I'm kidding I want to go to class now <laughs> so then he started going to class and as it got worse and worse you know we talk on the phone he's like I gotta there was one night he's like man I just gotta tell my like tell mom and dad hey, man, this is the week this is the week I, I gotta get ready to go home because I'm ready to be done and so you know we finally broke it to the parent my parents or whatever and they were fine with it Obviously, but in his head, he's like letting all these people down. But really, he didn't want to die at LSU, and he knew that time was coming. So, I mean, we picked out the dates. It was like, wow. Me and him picked out three days, and he died on the third. Like he he picked the fourth, the thirteenth, and the twenty fourth of November, and he died on the twenty fourth. Wow. And um, 
So he y'all knew. Are, y'all and, were a little bit morbid. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, he knew. I mean, he he knew that it was just getting too hard to like walk around, do everything. So he was able to go to here for a couple of years. I mean, a couple months. Couple months. Yeah. And it was then, like I think it was like a month and a half. Because gotcha. Octo- mid October, like beginning or mid October, he he decided to go home. I remember all this now. Yeah. Now that now that you said his name, Kane. Kane, cannonballs for Kane. Yeah, that's. I was about to say, is this the same guy? Because yeah, I remember a, a friend of mine, a mutual friend, I guess, a kid that grew up in Franklin Parish, where I'm from, uh-huh. was one of his sweet mates. I think. Oh, uh, uh, Harper. Noah Harper. Yeah, man, he is a he is a man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, a, that, so I, he I was a southern boy. Yeah, I was seeing all of those posts about him, even yeah. like whenever they met. I think at getting their dorms. I love Noah. So that's that's crazy that you. This is all it's come together. Cool, yeah. That's I, that's I an incredible that, story though that you. That's cool. Can kind of carry that, that home. Kane yeah, had great sweet meats. Kane, those two guys were great to Kane, and I can like I felt bad that Kane had to be in a suite by himself, didn't get to share the true dorm experience of like waking up with his buddies you know with a room messed up all this different stuff but he had really good people that were able to help him out and help him take the dog if it, if he needed help with the dog and um so that was that was Kane and that 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 guy that he's talking about Noah I mean he's he's Legit, true dude he's he's the true respectful southern Louisiana guy. Nice. Like, super nice. Cool. Um, but yeah, so, so Kane decided to go home. And, and when he went home, I think he was having a lot of pain. So my mom was like, Kane did not want to go to a hospital and die. Mm. That was like his mm-hmm. everlasting wish. And uh, when he went home, my mom was like, now you're going to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. Can't tell. Oh. And, um, and What's he doing in there? No, he. I just thought he he was looking for a bottle opener. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so then I I was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, anything. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Carl is helping us out. The best Coca-Cola. the best producer in the world. More Coca Cola. More Coca Cola right. out of the bottle. <clears throat> um, he had to go to the hospital. My mom made him. Oh really? And to um to figure out some of the pain like to take care of it. This dude walked into the hospital, not walked. He, he reared a skitter into, <laughs> <laughs> into the hospital with five measure. I want to call it unit units. Cause I don't know the units in fentanyl walked oh, in with, geez. walked in with a patch of five units. I want to say milligrams, but I don't know. Okay. I, I just know there. the number. So five units of fentanyl, a patch on his back. The dude walked out with 125 <laughs> units. Wow. <laughs> so, like, I'm just trying to think of pain. Like, how can you experience that much That's pain? That's a lot of pain. And not be sitting there and just, like, I'm a complainer. I'll sit in, and I'll get through it. Like, but I sit there and I'm like, oh, my God, this hurts so bad. This sucks, blah, blah, Jeez. Dude, that, I was shocked that he came out from that. I mean, five, five to 125. Come on. That's crazy. Does that give you a little bit of a different perspective on like life? On pain? On pain, on yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. Like what suck it up. No, man. my whole, yeah, my whole, actually my mom who doesn't live by her own advice, I still love her. 
Yes, but, you love her. Yeah, I do. She's going to listen to she's, this probably. Yeah, she probably will. As soon as I tell her, I'm like, hey, you should listen to this. She'll be like, oh, that was so sweet. Um, she told me one time, she's like, we're not the fan- type of family. We got to live like like they did in the in the past. Like, we're not going to sit there and move across the country just because, you know, a brother died, you know. You got to still live your life and kind of treat it that way and go about it. It's not like... You know, you're not going to change up your whole lifestyle because your brother's going to die in a couple months. You know, you're going to, you got to keep doing what you're doing and live with it kind of thing. Don't let it, because so many kids, I mean, there was kids that died all the time back in the day, like before our generation, Mm. before both of ours, you know, that's what I'm getting at. Like, that's why people had so many kids to make sure that they could have some that survived. Exactly. And, and so my mom kind of like told me that and kind of hinted at that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I need to, like, live with this. And I kind of did. I mean, I think I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it doesn't really consume my life e- ever. I mean, from what I can tell. Right. Well, now it sounds like your mom's very wise. Well, she and is. It I seems mean, like she, she set you up well, for success. Well, and, and she did. I mean, I wish that she would take some of her own advice and, but talk she's, about losing she's a the son. Mom. Yeah, yeah, losing she's a the mom. son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Women back then had a hard time losing a son. Mm-hmm. I mean, they freaking gave birth to that thing. Right. <laughs> something we'll I mean, never something understand. Something we'll never understand. <laughs> so so I really I really do. I mean, I'm glad she told me that. And and my dad, too. I mean, my dad's been through it. He's got PTSD yeah, military and TBI and, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, when my brother got sick, my dad went into military, totally job mode. But you can see the switch. Like, it's back to his old self. I mean, my dad's not as depressed as he used to be. But he's still, like, on the, you know, verge, like, still doing the same thing every day. But he's happy just living in his routine right now. So so you said uh, you said earlier when we went and got some Chick-fil-A, some delicious Chick-fil-A, your favorite, oh, yeah. which we need to talk about food, too. So yeah, we we'll come back to it. Food, but yeah. So you we said earlier. At all. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, we... Uh, Oh, it's already seven fifty six. By the way, so Dang. sorry, Kendra, that we're keeping we're staying here for so long. Poor Kendra. Uh, <laughs> and sorry, Carl. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Carl. Uh, you said earlier that you're an open book. <laughs> I am an open book. Okay, yeah, cool. you can ask me any question. All right, sweet. And I'll answer because I do want to ask you and honestly, I do want to ask you some more because uh, I want to talk about your brother. You can talk like, about my brother, stuff. my parents, whatever. So back up some because I want to hear the like the story and and then and then also like. The story of just him how, getting sick. Yeah, just and then just oh, like how, yeah. how you, everybody dealt with it Man. and all that stuff. Yeah. So and I don't even like what kind of cancer did he yeah, have? Yeah, yeah, I can go this. through that. Um, so I'm at UK swimming, right? And when I saw some pictures of my brother smiling, like a half smile, and I was like, "Dude, you look like an idiot." <laughs> and I didn't use the term idiot; I used retard, but. You know, I'm not, I'm not fully against that term. I don't call like, I but it is. I mean, if you look like is. a retard, you, yeah, you call like him that. I, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, like, what? fix the smile, dude. Yeah. And he's like, I know. I told mom, I think I have Bell's palsy. He's like, which is like basically some, um, something that like can be taken care of. The, yeah. Yeah. Something okay. that can be easily taken care of with some steroids. Easily. Okay. So my brother's like. We'll get it taken care of. I'm going to get this taken care of. Tells my mom, we need to go to the doctor and take care of this. 
goes to the doctor. They're like, yeah, you might have it, but you like, and they snapped in his ear and he couldn't hear. Oh, wow. And that's not something that's with Bell's palsy. Pretty sure that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm 99.99%. There was something with his ear and I'm pretty sure they like tried to like do the hearing test and it yeah. didn't work. And so then they were like, yeah, we're going to need to get an MRI just to double check. They got an MRI. We weren't going to find out for a few days. I had just come home for Thanksgiving. So I got to go home Wednesday after practice. Thanksgiving's on Thursday. Friday, Saturday, I flew home Sunday. So he had the MRI on Friday. Or no, he had the MRI on, on, yeah, on Friday. Okay. Wait. He had the MRI while I was home, okay. but it may have been like on Wednesday or Thursday. And then they told him, like, oh, you have a mass on your brain stem. Mm. Shouldn't be a big deal. We'll, we'll have to, you'll have to go see a specialist to look at it. Shouldn't be a big deal is what they said? Yeah, like sh- they, they see a mass and they don't know what it is. They're okay. like, they just see something on the brain stem. You may need to get some more tests done or talk to a doctor and see what, what the deal is. Okay. You need to go see a brain a brain doctor, mm-hmm. not a not an MRI tech or whatever they call them, and uh, so they, so we're like, all right, have a good weekend for the most part ish. I mean, I had a girlfriend at the time, and there was a whole bunch of drama, and whatever, because I'm a bad drama, dude. dude. I mean, I was You're a terrible, I was a terrible guy. <laughs> um, so I mean, whatever. Sunday comes around, like, I mean, I was worried, but I was like, it's just. You know, something we'll get through. Mm-hmm. Like Kane, Kane's probably gonna have to have some. Kane's had to have some stuff. Like he had bad toenails, that he had to like get cut because mm. they were so bad and grown. He had like MRSA on his feet, just different stuff. I'm like that dude. So that he had been like, through a few things. Yeah, and so whereas mine were like broken bones here or there. Yeah, skateboard injury. I had like swine flu <laughs> maybe once. Whooping swine cough. flu. Yeah, like the H1N1 in sixth grade. Dang. Yeah, that, I had that. I had whooping cough and. Eighth grade, I think, which what is like which is like a kid's disease. It's like a pediatrics yeah. disease, like a true, pe- like infant, infant kids. I don't know anybody that's had H one N one or whooping cough. Carl neither, and you've had both. Yeah, I've had both. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and both those. I'm pretty sure both those tests were how they test for COVID. Uh, pretty sure. Now we know somebody. Now that's, we know somebody. That's right. Yeah, true. Maybe, true. Do you have COVID right now? No. <laughs> so then, uh, so then I was. Uh, Flew home, flew back to Kentucky. I was in a rough patch because I was like, God, my brother's got a mass on his brain stem. We don't know what it is. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, God, did something terrible with like friends, got in this whole big, you know, ordeal with girlfriends and all this stuff and whatever. So I'm sitting there in practice, swimming, swimming, forget about it. Wednesday rolls around. That's when the doctor's appointment was. So I was mm-hmm. like, whatever. I'll find out Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm on my way to training table because we did have a Wednesday afternoon practice. Okay. I remember this now. Got it. So um, I'm on my way to training table. It's like rainy and cold. Normal UK. Not really for that time. Well, yeah, November. Normal for that time. And my mom calls me. She's like, call me when you get a chance. All of I'm like, Dang, something must be wrong if she didn't just text me and be like, hey, Kane's got this, or, or Kane's all good. Right. So I'm like, oh, great. 
she calls me and she's like, I'm crying, different stuff. He's got the worst kind, they told me, blah, blah, blah. He's got DIPG. And I'm like, DIPG, I've never even like, what even is that? Mm-hmm. It stands for diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, which is the type of tumor that he had. Okay. So then when, um, after she told, I mean, I had an iPhone, so I was like looking it up, trying to figure out, dude, you type in DIPG or spell, even spell it out, brain tumor, whatever, do all the research you want. It doesn't show up like when you search breast cancer that says 90,000 out of 100,000, whatever people, mm-hmm. that, those aren't number, real numbers, but it doesn't give you statistics. It just, all it says is like, you look up prognosis and you're like, where's the number? Oh, the, the number is 0%. Like nobody survives this oh, wow. brain cancer. I mean, there's two people that have survived over five years that I know of. But they still passed after five years. Well, yeah. I mean, they still passed. There's oh, one wow. person that's still alive, but she won't get like a biopsy because it's too dangerous to. So they think that she's misdiagnosed or she has a different type of DIPG. Uh, wow. Like a different strain. Think of it like COVID. Okay. Maybe she has a different strain of DIPG. So anyways, which by the way, I've met with researchers and there's three main types. Like think of it as not aggressive, medium aggressive, super aggressive. Okay. My brother most likely had the super aggressive one. We know people that have the moderate aggressive one, and we think that the people that are over five years have the... So, anyway, she finds that out. I'm like, holy crap, like, what do I do? Like, do I need to come home? Like, what's the deal? And so then I t- I'm like, I got to call my coach. So I call my coach, not the head coach, my, my coach, and I'm like, I got to go home. Like, it's... My brother's got brain cancer. I don't know what to do. I got to go home. He's like, dude, don't worry about it. Just pack your stuff. We'll buy you the flight. You can use the NCAA waiver, the one-time flight thing. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. My mom's like, all right, um, we'll, we'll do it. Just buy a one-time flight, like a one-way flight, which my head coach actually had a really good point. He's like, hey, how, don't you, how about you get a round trip and fly up there, stay with them for however long you want, come back and get back in the groove a little bit and still swim and get – and I should have taken his advice because mm. really December, I either wasted my month or, you know, just I, I should have been a little bit more productive with my life. Been able to finish well, out no, school. No one will blame you for no, no, sitting no. around for a No, and he's not. <laughs> no, and he's not. But I'm just he gave me good advice and saying like, hey, you could come up here and kind of get your minds off things, still swim, still talk to him, still go back. Mm-hmm. We won't keep you make you stay for Christmas training. Like you'll still be able to go home and do all that whole thing and hang out with them, do whatever you need to do. But maybe you should come back up and still swim a little bit for yourself. And I was like, that's a good point. My mom didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> so then I like stayed home for a month, came into Gainesville for treatment, all this stuff, transferred to Florida State, which was super weird because everybody at Florida State was like, I'm always the new guy as it is. I've been in right. You plenty of new stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't like embarrassed, but I was like, all these people think that I'm just here just to like, they're not talking to me. Luckily there was like two girls that started talking and we became good friends off the bat. And then it was like, everybody started, it's like how it always happens. Everybody starts to like me. And then it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it just happened in 
I mean, I became friends with everybody, started swimming. Kane ended up going back up to Cincinnati, so then I was like kicking myself in the butt because I was like, I could have been there. Yeah, I could have been. Yeah. I could have been like hanging out with my brother, because not at this point, I know that. I I know that Kane's gonna die at this point. At some point. So you you knew that kind of like right when right when they told you what it was. Well, are you kind of? I guess you're. Thinking. As soon as I read what I read. Yeah. On my way home, I read this thing that said. You know, this cancer, we don't know enough research. 300 kids max get diagnosed a year. Not max, but like the higher end, 300. And I was like, dang, majority of these kids are 3 to 12 that get diagnosed and they die within six months to a year. Wow. Or nine months to a year. And I was just like, Kane, Kane is 17 with this. Like, there's no way he comes out on top. Like, his body's growing super fast, just like a, a kid was. Kids was, like his. It's just gonna keep growing. Like there's no way. I mean, I wasn't think. I wasn't thinking negatively. I was thinking logically, and I was just like, he's for sure gonna die. We need to live a live a little bit and try to spend time with him, talk to him more, you know, do whatever. So I really did. Like I tried, you know, certain things. I still wanted to live my life and enjoy my college days as a sophomore in college or in, in freshman. I mean, I still had spring break with the boys instead of going up to Cincinnati and for two days mm-hmm. and doing special or his treatment. There really wasn't room for me at the Ronald McDonald house. So I was going to be staying with my grandfather and like coming in for like two hours to see my brother, then go like do his treatment or whatever. I could have gone up there and, and made it all happen and spent maximized my time with them but at the same time i mean i don't know we just weren't it was tough it was, it was tough to like go go up there and spend the time with them and like just do it you know yeah so i didn't and then you know then he got this make a wish trip and for a week we got to go to alaska that oh was wow because nice. that i mean we didn't it wasn't a cruise. Like, we truly got to go, like, to Hope, Alaska, which is in the middle of nowhere, stay in this cabin. You know, me and Kane got to, like, we, we all got to go on this helicopter to a glacier. Dang. All this stuff. It was legit. That's and awesome. um, so that was, like, that. And then he went to, as soon as that was over, he went to Stripes. He was like, I'm going to LSU. They're And they're going to let me be a manager of the swim team and all that stuff. And so then on the plane ride home, well, on the plane ride from Alaska to Charlotte mm-hmm. to Baton Rouge, I wasn't with them. It was my mom and my brother flying in. That's where they met Chip. So Chip was on the plane right next to my mom. And she they had just had some bad flight, you know, stuff happen. Like American was being a pain that day for some reason. <laughs> They're usually not. Like we're Delta people, but right. <laughs> I joke. <laughs> okay. Delta uh, <laughs> so, uh, my mom gets, she wanted to sit by Kane. Didn't work out. Amy and Chip always sit by each other. Didn't work out that time. Uh, wait, who's, who's this? Chip and Amy Simone. Okay. This is the, this is the friends in Baton Rouge. Friends in Baton Rouge. And y'all did not know them at this point. We did not Got know them at this point. I'm with you. And okay. we're on the plane. I'm not on the plane. My brother and mom are right, on the plane. Right, right, My mom walks on the plane. Chip's obviously like already sitting down, taking a sweet time. <laughs> And he just look, looks up, and my mom, he's like, well, you look like you've had a day. <laughs> and for some reason, my mom decided to tell him about his day, 
about her day and about her whole life. And so they just started talking. Usually Chip sleeps on the plane. They just started talking. Next thing you know, they're like invited over for baseball on Monday. My dad was getting in at some point on Sunday, I think. And it was like Saturday, something like that. Either way, my dad was going to be there. My mom was going to be there. My brother was, they come over for baseball. My parents were trying to look for apartments, cheap apartments to stay at, like mm-hmm. like dumps mm-hmm. to stay at. And at the end of the night, Chip and Amy ran into each other. They were like, hey, I, I'm going to tell them that they can stay here. They both kind of said it at the same time kind of thing. Wow. And so then my parents were like, well, we're not going to turn it down. You guys have been so nice. And, you know, so that's how that happened. And then Kane got to do all this cool stuff, go on the field, meet Coach O, go do I mean, go do stuff that people at LSU could only dream of doing. That's cool. Like all of it. Yeah. And so, um, and even I, I got to go do some of that stuff when I came here just because of that reason of like Kane, you know, mm-hmm. people liked Kane. People were trying to fight for Kane here, different kids, Noah, and you know, all of those kids in that like class that even knew of Kane were like super sad to see him go and all that stuff. So that's really what happened with that. So who were Chip and Amy like to LSU? So Chip, so Chip played baseball at LSU. Okay. Was in for for like not long. I think he w- was a walk-on for a year. I mean, he like he he's an endodontist in Baton Rouge. So he okay. does just root canals. So he specializes in root canals. Amy is the head of Bengal Bells, which is like a big organization mm-hmm. for, you know, raising money for the athletes and different stuff. And um he was in he was in the Air Force for LSU. I'm pretty sure he was a uh, ROTC. And, you know, his son played baseball for two years, I think, at LSU. Um, that was Antoine. Um, but uh, that was her last name? Simone. S-I-M-O-N. Okay. okay. And so, uh, you know, they just – LSU diehards. Gotcha. I mean, they're, walking – just, They're just committed. Born – They were they're from Thibodeau or Vashri or something like that. Got you. And they ended up making their way over to Baton Rouge – and throughout their life, you know, they finally just ended up here and they got their house and it's, they've done as much work as possible to their house to make it, they're going to stay there forever. Like, gotcha. it's their, and they're LSU they're forever. Like, they were staff or No, they yeah, they, they kind of he, he, he really just, he had those connections because of his dentistry. Gotcha. I mean, he was the president of the dentistry, like, foundation of Louisiana. So he got to go meet people from all around the world and all that stuff. Cool. And and it's super cool that he made that connection because, like, tomorrow, yeah, really cool. guess where I'm going? The cool. dentist. Tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, but that's it's super cool that we made that connection and he had those connections. And then it worked out even better because me coming here, I got to help out with cannonball stuff and do all this, these different things with the athletic department that I probably couldn't do as a swimmer. Yeah. But now I can because I got the swimming and – Chip, and the, all his connections cool. that he helps out with. And you, tra- when when exactly did you transfer to LSU? So I transferred. So my brother, like I told earlier, I said, you know, he left in mid October, and then I decided that I was going to transfer May of next year. So 2018, gotcha. uh, around May, I was like, Mom, I'm I'm going to transfer. Cool. Okay. And um, I and I transferred solely. <clears throat> I was going to go back to UK, whether they gave me money or not. I really wanted to go back to UK. Mm-hmm. But then I was like thinking to myself, man, I could just 
totally go live out my brother's dream at LSU and find something in it, mm-hmm. find something that he liked. I love it. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to live here forever. <laughs> I say that, like knocking on wood. You just bought a house. I did just buy a house. <laughs> and so I'm going to be here for a little bit. A little but bit. That's really but cool though, yeah. It is really neat that I got to come do that. And I never really had a true dream school. Mm-hmm. So LSU kind of became my I dream school. I was about to say, did it kind of become your dream? I mean, yeah, because... Has it always been a Kane's dream? No, it was always Kane's dream until I came here, and I'm like, this is turning into my dream. Because it's like, I didn't... UK wasn't my dream school by any means. Florida State, heck no. <laughs> like, maybe Texas a little bit, but it was like, I, I didn't want to go and, like, devote my whole life to swimming. And so it was like, eh... You know, I don't really have a dream school like that I'd die to go to. Mm-hmm. Well, now, like, I hope my kids come to LSU. Nice. <laughs> like, I hope they want to come to LSU. Yeah. But if they don't, it's whatever. But, I mean, that's, that's really cool. It's definitely, that's, I'm, I'll, someone asked me, do you regret, you know, not going here, there? And I'm like, no, there's no way I could ever regret that because I found the plate. Like, it, that's how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that was like totally my dream. Like, I wanted it to, to be how it should be, whether that means I don't go to college and I start driving trucks or <laughs> I go to college and I ended up at this one and doing my thing, you know? Yeah, that's cool. That's how it worked out. Um, I'm curious also to, because you've been uh, through a pretty, I mean, that's like a pretty, you've been through a pretty unique experience oh, with your sure. brother and everything. So I'm wondering uh, if you could maybe, if we could talk a little bit about like, how the experience, like how your family kind of like dealt with it and what you think, uh, like it's, it's really cool. The story of you kind of taking on your brother's dream and then, and like living out his dream. I'm wondering like what kind of was your mindset for the year that you had from like when he was diagnosed to when he passed, like you, Oh yeah. you, you kind of described it a little bit earlier with like spending time with him and stuff like that. Yeah. But what was some of like the stuff that you noticed that that changed, I guess, in your family and stuff? I think that the biggest thing was I saw a change in my dad. My mom took off work, which she didn't didn't take off. I know I just said I'd see the biggest change in my dad, (laughs) and then I talked about my mom. (laughs) You're welcome, Mom. Uh, No, but I really think that it was my dad did change, Mm -hmm. and he started taking care of my brother hardcore, like doing anything and everything, staying up late, waking up early, like doing what I've always seen him do back when he was in the military you know, mm-hmm. or working for the state police. I mean, he missed almost every Christmas I could, can even remember really? until he retired. And like, that's cause he was waking up at 2 AM to go to like this shooting or whatever and whatever. And so, you know, or he was deployed and my mom, I mean, she was a workaholic. She literally loved to work, was really good at it. And she was like, I'm taking off work. I'm leaving. I'm on permanent leave until I decide to come back. Mm. I mean, she's, um, I think she's been there for like 20 years, but Mm -hmm. so she's at that level to where she can. But I was like, dang, my mom's not working. My dad is, is working and I need to like follow the line. Mm. Like I don't need to veer from it. And I may have veered from it here or there, but that's kind of like the mindset that I had in my mind. I mean, if I wasn't going to go to college, I was going to go in the military. Because I wanted to, I mean, I'm built for the military. I like to wake up early. I like to drink, you know, the worst coffee in the world. <laughs> I like running. You know, I like I like just the structure. 
I love having structure. I love I love everything, mm-hmm. and I I know you, that I've told you and Matthew that a lot, because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm the type of guy that can you know surf in cowboy boots, but I do I love it all. But I was built for military because I just truly like to follow that line, and so my dad like kind of just in brain, instilled that in my brain, and that whole mindset of just get through it, live with it, you know. Be appreciative of what you got. Mm-hmm. I mean, my. I mean. My parents weren't rich; they were very. They built their life saving money, trying to be comfortable, trying to give me and my brother the best life. And my dad, my grandpa, one time, my mom's dad, like came down to visit. Now we live pretty close to the beach in Florida, and um, came down to visit and was like. You know, this is before pre-cancer, mm-hmm. pre my brother's cancer. Like, you know, you have, you, you, what are you sad about? Like, you have everything. You live by the peach. You know, you you have three cars, three good working cars, all this different stuff. You got boys that are, you know, doing stuff. My mom's like, I don't spend, I don't talk to you. Like, I don't spend any time with you, blah, blah, blah. And when my mom told me that, I was like, I need to, like, that's why I said what I said about Kane, like spending time with him. I need mm-hmm. to like try to find some time to, cause usually I would just be like, Kane, you're coming to play. Cause I needed him on my team or something, or mm-hmm. I didn't want to be bored versus like actually appreciating his time. Mm-hmm. He liked video games. So I'm like, maybe I should just sit and hang out, watch him play video games. <laughs> like it was small stuff like that, yeah. you know? And then of course my grandpa like bit his tongue because then he got, Kane right. got cancer and it's like, oh, right. even even wealthy people get and my parents aren't wealthy, but it's even even like comfortable people run into terrible situations. But we I mean, I wasn't I wasn't the privileged white kid that everybody thinks. Like I was working on duplexes when I was little, painting walls, scrubbing floors, like oh, every everything you could think of. I was helping out, doing chores, not getting paid for those chores. I mean, I was, I got to live at the house. You know? <laughs> that's, that was, that's your payment. I mean, that wasn't, that was literally my payment. And, and I mean, that, so with that mindset, that whole yeah. year and, and then Kane died and I may have like went on a little phase of like, you know, who cares about school? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't fail out of school. I still went to a couple classes and, you know, got a decent GPA but it wasn't like what I could have gotten, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. And that still was my mindset last year. Like school's not that important. I, I'm, I, that's how I am now. Like if, if somebody says something to me and I'm like, oh, you know what? We're all human. We make the mistake. So I, I've started to let a lot more roll off my back. Whereas I used to be super uptight and like mm-hmm. super. And I'm like, no, I need to follow the line and not let things bump me out of it so much. You know, mm-hmm. don't let it knock you down. Or if it does, like, get back up and don't have a problem with being knocked down. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, like, really good at, I say I'm really good. That's why I feel like I'm much better at taking, like, a no or something like that from somebody. So, Dude, you need to be better at this. I'm like, all right. Like, that's a knock on the ground, but it's also, like, I can't be upset. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not right. He just he's just telling me how it is. Yeah. And and I made a mistake, whatever. Like I'll fix it and if I screw up again, I screw up again. And that's the kind of thing. Like unless it's like a hundred times. 
you know. Then you got to change something. Yeah, but <laughs> but when I but that's the mindset that I had with my with my brother that whole year, and then I, even after he passed, I mean, my parents have been through it. Like they got divorced, and then got back together mm-hmm. like a year or so later. Mm-hmm. So like, my dad had his moments, you know. So, um, excuse me. You good? Um, so tell me about. I know you did like a lot of was like awareness, fundraising, oh yeah, all this stuff uh, because of this, because your brother. So tell me about some of the uh, of the things that you did, like the cannonballs and and all that. I've only, I don't know, I've like stalked your social media to to like see what it was about, but yeah. I hadn't heard about it like Carl said he had previously. So when did you, uh, what all did you do and why? And like, when did it all start? Did it start after he passed or was yeah, it? Yeah, it was after he passed. Okay. So I wanted to, not me, my friend Zach and I always had this dream to just bike across the country. Okay. We didn't know when the time would work out, but we wanted to do it at some point. And so he told me, he's like, hey, I'm graduating this year. Maybe we can do it if you can pull it off. It's all up to you. Figure it out. If you can, if not, no big deal. We'll find another time to do it. And then I was like, well, maybe instead of doing it just us two and literally bike, biking and backpacking, which we still want to do, we still want to do that. We still want to go bike across the country, just two bikes mm-hmm. and tent and like, that's, crazy. <laughs> that's it. We still want to <laughs> do that. But, but I was like, well, Kendra, you know, is just now moving and she can play card where she can come with, she wants to come with, she never got to travel the country. I was like, you know what? Let's make this a little bit bigger. Try to. And the, and he goes, we we could raise money while we do it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So then we like started planning out this like a year back. We started like talking on the phone a couple times a month, just trying to plan, do some logistics, figure out the map, figure out all the, like what we want to do. And um, we were like, we're going to raise money for our, our foundation, but like our foundation donates to, you know, half research, half families in need that are diagnosed with DIPG. Because there's, DIPG, it's not cheap. DIPG is not right. cheap. I mean, right. no cancer and no medical stuff is cheap. Mm-hmm. So, and I know insurance, insurance is going to cover a lot of it, no matter what, especially the kids and stuff. But it's still, you know, traveling from here to New York once a month, that starts to add up. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you're a family that, you know, you're not, I mean, my family got lucky because we had really good insurance, not because we had the money to spend. We didn't have the money to spend, Mm -hmm. you know? And so with that, it was like, we need to raise money so that we can give small grants here and there to these families that need it because my family received those grants. And so that's what the bike kind of turned into. And we wanted to, the goal was to raise as much money as possible. And, you know, we wanted to raise, we wanted to like, as someday make it go viral kind of deal and make it like this whole thing. But, you know, marketing is what it's all about mm-hmm. and finding out, you know, do, getting the footage and the videos of everything is super difficult. One, when you're the writer and you need someone to stay on schedule to be like, Oh, we're going to put out like just a short little clip of what's going on today or a short little clip of the past three days, every three days. And, I couldn't do it. I was figuring, I mean, we got an RV so that all of us could stay in it mm-hmm. no matter what, 
because we needed to stay on schedule. So, get, so um, this was, so you, when did you start? So this? we started at, in San Francisco, California. Started in San Francisco, California. Palo Alto, really, like that, the Stanford, where Stanford is. Mm-hmm. And went all the way to Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. Where Kane had treatment. Okay. And along the way, we were stopping to see different families and hospitals that we could. That would let us come, get pictures, you know, see, meet the kids, get their story, and, you know, and hopefully donate them, give them a $1,000 grant, which we did, a couple of people. Cool. And um, and then Cincinnati to Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge to Florida, Daytona. Oh, wow. So okay. it, it's it's basically four significant places. I mean, you got Palo Alto, which has the top, one of the top research. Kane wanted to go to California, never got to go. We're we're starting in California because that's the furthest west. Like we're we're starting there, so we did that was important. Cincinnati, he had his treatment there. That was one of his favorite doctors. We grew up there pretty much. Mm-hmm. Baton Rouge Dream School. We're biking to there. We're gonna pass through. I still got a big group of swimmers that are training down there. They'll come and do a little celebration shindig. Florida, that's where we live. That'll be where we end. That's where he died. And that's how it worked out. And we actually, you know, we could have, you can always raise more. Like we could have definitely raised more at the time. And if we had it, if we had it planned out, you know, I probably would have like found someone that was truly good at marketing and true, not even good. Like you didn't have to be good. All you needed to do was just put it in video and take a lot and a lot of pictures, like as many pictures as possible. Get a picture of the left, the right, the center, the Diane left and center, like get the video of us like saying something, get a video of us, you know, riding our bikes, get a video of the RV driving by, get a video, everything. Like that's all we wanted. And that's what we missed. But we still, I mean, we still raised $46,000. Wow. Mean, and that was pretty cool because... That is cool. I mean, yeah, I wanted to raise more. But actually, what really... I was kind of bummed when I bummed. first... Yeah, I was I was upset that we didn't raise more because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, my dad, t- my dad was like, I'm going to do, a, you know, take some money out of savings and cover the expenses because uh, that's going to be my donation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I need to raise, I need to raise a lot more than those expenses, which we did. But I was like, that just wasn't enough to me. I wanted something bigger. And, but then I watched, um, you on Netflix, did you guys see the Iron Man, the 50 Iron Mans in 50 States in Mm -hmm. 50 days? Dude, uh, I'm trying to think of what, Iron Cowboy. Okay. Well, you got to watch this documentary. He did 50 Ironmans in 50 days? 50, 50 Ironmans in 50 different states in 50 different days. So really, 50 Ironmans in 50 states. Like, wow. legit. Figuring out logistics of that is intense. Like, I can't imagine. And he only raised, I say only, th- this dude put his heart and soul. He got someone to sponsor the RV for him, which I had a difficult time because I'm not 25. Um, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. people didn't want that liability. And so that, then that's fine. Some guy who was a Green Beret actually rented us the RV. Nice. That was legit. Nice. He was like test drive. He was so calm 
and so relaxed with me test driving while I was like sitting there shaking because I'm like, this is so big and, and this guy's going to hate my life if I like make a scratch. This dude was so calm. I was like, he's probably seen some stuff that I just can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, this Iron Cowboy, short little thing. He, he went to every state. There was one time when he was like, I had such bad, you know, knees. I did it on the, I did the marathon on an elliptical. And I'm like, and somebody like tried to tell him like that's cheating, blah, 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 which I mean, sure it's, it's cheating, but he still did 26 freaking miles on an elliptical. Yeah. Who would want to do that yeah. just to like, and I was like, he had died. And then they like told him that he was cheating because he had to get an IV for a couple of days. Dang. And I'm like, he couldn't he get crushed. the water into his system. Like <laughs> he was trying to stay on. I'm like, I would have done the same thing if I was legit biking 150 miles a day by myself and needed that recovery to where i mean it's not cheap you're literally it's not drugs mm -hmm. you're not taking epo or something that lance armstrong was doing which <laughs> don't even get me started on that like <laughs> i mean i lance broke the rules but so did every other biker yeah that's what i've heard so anyways this guy raised like seventy thousand dollars and i was like well you're almost I there i know i was like i don't even, I don't even I don't feel like guilty for not raising enough money. Like this guy put in all this work, has a whole Netflix documentary and he only ra raised 24 more thousand dollars than me. Mm -hmm. Me and my team. I mean, this guy had a team. He had trainers, he had, and, and, and I'm all about it. Like that's super cool that he did that. And he did it for, um, I forget what he did it for, but I mean, that's legit. And I'm, and I sat there and did it with, you know, two, Two people, two three people. So how many? Yeah. So how many people? So it was supposed you? to be four four bikers, forty days, four thousand miles. That's what it was supposed to be. Wow. We bike, we legit bike forty days. So the whole trip ends up being like we took Sundays off because we wanted to visit churches mm -hmm. too. Like well, I mean, we my faith. I mean, I pray, my family prays. This is what we do. Like we're Christian, we do that whole thing, and. um we, so we were like, Sundays are going to be off. We're going to see churches, go to experience that. And, you know, four of us were going to be bikers. Kendra was going to be a driver and help with, you know, any cooking, everything. Mm -hmm. Which she did. She she drove the RV. She helped out with everything. She always cooked. I mean, she was trying to do everything. And we had a second supporter. We had... Four bikers to start out with. One was from Canada. He dropped off because he was like, just iffy on still doing or or not. So then I was like, okay, plan B. Kane's the fourth rider. It's an angel rider. Angel. It's all rider. good. Boom. Nice. Like set it up. You know, cliche nice. type of deal. <laughs> uh, but it actually worked out because I mean, four four bikers would have made it easier. But it ended up being two bikers because wow. the third guy was from where I'm from. He was kind of, we were kind of friends growing up, but he was really good friends with Zach, who was the other rider. And um, he got altitude sickness. And uh, so that's that's what happened. Got it. And um, then Zach, Zach rode the most out of me and him, mm -hmm. out of everybody. Zach rode every day. Oh, Zach rode all 40 days. I think I rode like 37 because mm. I had to go to a wedding in the between. I cut my leg one day. So I really didn't ride as much as I, w I wanted to, like, or, or could. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, I think that's a pretty significant amount of writing. <laughs> Thirty-seven. Yeah, years of writing. I mean, and and it was cool because we did it to where it was like get from point A to point B. We split the miles. Yeah. Okay. So uh, and and no matter what, like we'll split those miles. But if it's snowing, <laughs> and we we were not prepared for snow, which happened on like the first week, because a random snowstorm came through the Sierras while we were going down it, and um. We needed to, I was getting hailed on and like we, wow. we sat in the car for like an hour and I was like, it's still hailing. We need to leave. Wow. Like we need, we just need to go to camp and try to like do some marketing and posting on Facebook and stuff. But it was really hard when you have three, three other guys and Kendra and you know, nobody wants to get anything done. A couple of people did, mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> a couple of people didn't. So anyways. The goal is like, hey, we split. The, if it's a hundred miles, we split it. I'll do fifty. You do fifty, and it worked out great. When it was me, Zach, and Kendra, like it was perfect because it didn't matter. It, we didn't have anything over one hundred and thirty miles in a day. Mm. So no matter what, we weren't gonna do. No big deal. I was gonna do like sixty-five maximum, miles. and most of the time it was like fifty-five, which is like three, two hours of riding, two and a half, three mm. hours of riding, which really is not bad. I mean, I swam for four hours a day true. total true you know true and i was still in that shape like i was still i biked a little bit and before so i really got used to used to it and i enjoyed it i mean biking on like highway uh 50 i, I think highway 50 isn't it i don't uh, I have no idea in nevada like the loneliest highway in america oh okay yeah that, that's what it is right i'm trying to remember that was legit the coolest thing that's why i want to be a trucker <laughs> like that was so cool because there were literally maybe one car every 10 minutes Dang. and it was probably going like 120 <laughs> but they definitely weren't going to hit you because they were just in the middle of the road and i mean you got like there was an air force base close by so mm-hmm. when i was biking there was like jets just these that's cool jets flying over it was just cool like <clears throat> bike in the country and just seeing that stuff. When I got the bike, I loved it. When I was in the RV, I loved it because I love RVs. It's like <laughs> you love trucks and RV. He wants to be a trucker. Full-time yeah, oh, job. Yeah. Full-time dr- yeah. truck driver. So yeah. y'all did 40 days. Go ahead, girl. No, I was yeah. just going to say I picked that up. That's pretty interesting. I yeah. actually enjoy driving as well. So. I love driving. Carl drives a lot. I love driving. I love, I love the road. Especially especially trucks. I, I had a Jetta. And, um, you know, I just don't fit as well in a Jetta. <laughs> <laughs> So y'all did 40 days. 40 days. So it turned into like a 45, 44, 45 day trip. What happened at the very end when you arrived at So yeah, when we got to, so Kendra's brother actually, I I forgot this part. Kendra's brother, Justin, who's like two months older than me, maybe three, I forget. Sounds like he holds that against you. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I'm not an accountant. Accountant like his whole family and his sisters. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it, it, Justin joined in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, okay. So he got the ride from Lexington to Baton Rouge cool. to Florida and come and hang out and everything. So actually, um, and he's just like me. He swam similar events, swam for Cincinnati. And we were, uh, <laughs> so my parents live a little bit off of A1A um, in Ormond Beach. Mm-hmm. And so there's the road. So there's the beach, the two-lane road, mm-hmm. and then my house, which is like sit down uh, a little bit. And so it was a little windy, 
and there was a little bit of sand on the on the ground. And <laughs> I'm like, tell me. you crashed right. I'm trying to tell him like, <laughs> I'm like waving, turning right, turning right, turning right. Like trying to tell him that we're turning right because I know he doesn't know where we're going. And I wasn't using hand signals. I was just like, turn right. Let, let, let him out your left arm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, he like totally ate it on his butt. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, at the ending, like everybody's got this on Facebook Live. <laughs> Everybody just saw this. And he crashed. Yeah, and he crashed. Not me, because I knew where I was going. Right. But he had never. No, he, he, he set had no him up idea. for it. Yeah, he had no idea. It was yeah. payback. Oh, he like, knows. He's like, he's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Till this day. But that was so so that happened and then I think it was the next night it was either that night or the next night that we it may have been two days later. Either way, we ended up doing this little fundraiser down at a rooftop bar and you know, doing a little bit of like silent auction type of deal. Yeah, cool. And man, that was cool because it was it actually wasn't as many people as I was I would hope. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was people that I hadn't seen in a while and everybody from swimming, you know, came, cool. different stuff. Things got sold, made a little bit of money and had a good time doing it too. That's cool. That was, it was really neat. That neat, that, that was awesome. And I got to hang out at the beach and just enjoy time with those what, friends. And Did you have surfer hair at this time too? Um, uh, no. Okay. Do you no. know how to surf? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of oh yeah. Of I love surfing. Florida surfing. I wish. Yeah. yeah. I, I shred the, the crappiest waves in, in the world. <laughs> Um, okay, before uh, before we like shut down, tell me, I want to hear some about uh, or like I want to talk a little bit more like about the cancer and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. So because I know like it's important for All you right. to. I mean the the stalking that I've done on your social media, uh, quite a few posts it's hard to are, understand that. Yeah, and and quite a few of the posts that you're posting are like trying to raise raise awareness of this that not many people have, right. but everyone dies from. Right. So, I the the prognosis is. Like I said, zero percent for over five years. I think it's two or two or three percent for two years, mm. and it's the average age is three to twelve, and you know the average expectancy is nine to twelve months. Those are the stats, mm-hmm. but what really the 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 tumor itself sits on the in the middle of the brainstem on the pontine part. I'm pretty sure that's what the brain, like there's a part in the brain, which is pontine. And that's why it's called that. And it grows like invasively. So it in, in, in infiltrates everywhere. Mm. So like usually you think of like a tumor as like just a solid piece of mm-hmm. tumor and you can go in and scrape it out. The reason they can't scrape it out is because it's like roots uh, growing, okay. you know, roots growing and it's growing down into a place where you cannot operate because it's in the middle of controlling your breathing, controlling your respiratory. Mm. So a lot of times when my brother was dying, his breathing was getting labored. And so like like huge breaths, but super like distinct, like it was hard to explain, but that's because the tumor was put, when he was like, I can't swallow, it wasn't that it like it wasn't the sore throat that you think of. Mm. His brain wasn't letting him swallow. Oh wow, okay. Because the tumor was pushing on that, so like the breathing was hard to do because his brain, the brain wasn't doing it. Wasn't letting him breathe. Got it. That's how he died. I mean, the night that he died, good lord. I mean, that dude got some morphine, felt great at 11 p.m. <laughs> and let me tell you, from 12 
a.m. to 8 a.m., that was the fastest I've ever seen someone die. Like, I I say that as if I've seen a lot of people die, mm-hmm. but I say it also like his fingers weren't blue until after 12 to 8. Like, 12 to 8, he just, like, disintegrated and everything just went down him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he didn't talk. And at 11 p.m., he was sitting there cracking jokes. Oh, wow. Like, he, the morphine hit him well. And we had the nurses come and all this stuff, and he felt great. He was like, man, I'm going to stay alive for another two days. Dang, I'm going to miss this day, like the date. Yeah. Joking around. And and, and it's literally like that. Turn quickly. Yeah. And, and I was up that night, like staying up. And, uh, you know, I was drinking Miller Lights. Okay. Which is another reason why Miller Lights are my go. favorite. I can understand that. You know, uh, but I really like all beer. But really, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool that I was doing that. But anyways... I went to bed at six. My mom like woke up at six to come hang out. And she's like, how about you go get some sleep? And I was like, all right, went and got some sleep. And I could hear my mom, like the, the house is three stories here. Oh, so walk. y'all were, y'all were at home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's and cool. I could hear her walk. Cause it was the day uh, after Thanksgiving. Gotcha. Um, I could hear her walking downstairs, like in my dreams. I'm like, man, bad news is coming. Like I'm legit. I'm like, I'm not drunk, but I was like in this dream that was just like totally wicked. And in my roommate who came with me, he's from South Africa. We'll get back to the brain tumor. I promise. <laughs> um, my roommate who was next to me, like sleeping, I was like, Rudo's here. I can hear her walking down the steps. She's going to come and like, tell me some bad news. Mm-hmm. And like, as soon as I felt her like touch me, I was like, she's like, you need to go up. Like he's, he's done. And like, he died. I mean, at eight, I think at 820 wow. or something like that. So then, and Kendra was flying in to see me, you know, all this different stuff. We were going to do all this thing. So then the, my whole week got turned around. Cause then, you know, you got to get his brain up to donate. Cause this, it, it, he signed up to have his brain donated to mm. this doctor for research and stuff. Yeah, and it's there's a certain time limit that it has to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this this plane you have to have the plane ready to go. It has to be at a certain temperature. This whole mm-hmm. whole thing. So <clears throat> that's how my Friday went, the twenty fourth. And before we shut down, I'll have to tell you about eleven twenty four twenty seventeen. But I want to hint on one more thing. Okay. The uh, the um. Brain tumor itself, like the the whole reason Cannonball started was because when you get a tumor, usually you do like a biopsy or um, a spinal tap, which hurts, mm-hmm. or both of those hurt. And Kane got told that he was going to need that after they told him that he had a mass on his tumor, on his uh, brain. And my coach was like, with the assistant coach, which is Steve's daughter, Steve Lochte's daughter. Okay. Uh, she was like, oh, we should do cannonball, send a video of cannonballs, like cannonballs for Kane to cheer him up. So that's how cannonballs started. Kane ended up not needing the spinal tap or the biopsy, which I would say, thank God, but could, but I don't because he got worse. But, right. but I do because like he's in a great place now. So what, um, so what, was, the, what was the cannonballs? Where did that come from? It basically was a video. Of, she said, take a video 
of the team doing cannonballs. Oh, okay. So the swim team. The there. swim team did cannonballs. Okay. And then all these other, like Ryan Lochte did it, you know, different Olympians gotcha. from different really places, cool. different people of all, all ages and sports mm-hmm. did cannonballs and set, posted a video of cannonballs for Kane. That's cool. To okay. cheer him up. Yeah. Cause my brother, like he went through some pain, but he was not ready for that spinal tap. Let me tell you. Right. Like when I told him what it was and all that stuff, he was like, I'm not ready. There's no <laughs> way I can't do this. Yeah, right. But the brain, I mean, he, that tumor, that type of tumor is just inoperable. I mean, there's no way, like, no doctor, there's Mexican doctors that'll try. Mm. But, I mean, we always tell people, don't go to Mexico. Like, you're going to find out the best. It's 50 50. Like, maybe they could save you. I don't know. Mm. um, Where's the proof? Like, (laughs) show me the person that came back and and is perfectly fine, Mm -hmm. went and got DIBG taken out. You know, like I told you, it's like roots and it grows down and it's in that part of the brain that, I mean, and I said earlier, it's got like three strands, the aggressive, they're getting closer on research. I mean, every time we have a meeting and we're, you know, my foundation donates to Stanford and Cincinnati and Gainesville. And those are our three like doctor researchers. But what's even cooler is they all know each other all around the world. And that money gets donated to whoever. And for the most part, if they're in the DIBG registry, they're all helping each other. My brother's tumor most likely got sent to Stanford, mm. like a, a piece of it and different stuff like that. So it's really kind of cool to see how DIBG, mm-hmm. like they're trying their hardest. I mean, now COVID, you know, everybody wants to figure out COVID. Right. But, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's fine. <laughs> but but it, it it's like, you know, DFPG, you're watching a kid just suffer. Right. But it's not even, like I told you, the tumor is all happening. It's not like strep throat. It's not like hearing loss because, you know, fluid in your ear. It literally just, your eyes aren't aren't working because your brain isn't letting it now. Mm. Your brain's getting pushed on a certain thing and it's just it's just weird and Mm. and watching my brother go suffer through that for a whole year and watching all that independence just get drained out of him when all of he all that he wanted was to like turn 18 and cut loose like i did Mm -hmm. you know watching all that just get sucked out was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. i mean really i i feel bad to this day that he didn't get the true independence that he like tried to work for his whole life. My dad was like a pretty strict dad. I mean, we, we had strict parents that were cut to the chase, straight, straightforward, straight lined. And my brother like was dying for that day. Mm -hmm. And all these little kids like that get it and don't even know what two plus two is yet. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Right. Like your parents are trying to like raise you and see you grow and be this like little cute kid. And then all of a sudden, your five-year-old's about to die from a brain tumor that you don't even know what the brain tumor is. Right. Like, I'd love to sit there and tell you this brain tumor is, you know, the gene by this, by that, by this, but what I do know, know. they don't know. And they, but they know that it's connected to just about every other cancer. Hmm. So they think that if they found the cure for this, they would be able to unlock a lot of cures for a lot of other cancers. Mm. That's the... Well, yeah, that's really just terrible situation. And um for your family too but uh but it's 
pretty cool f- for, to see like the, oh. how you've a- how you're able to use it to raise funds sure. and awareness and stuff, and then also the community that's working. Well, and what's together. cool? What's cool too is like luckily, I'm able to speak on it without you know getting mad or even sad. I mean, I get sad. Yeah, and it's not a problem if you do, but it's cool that I can tell people the story about my brother mm-hmm. and share it and. Because, I mean, there's a kid from Lake Charles who died a couple years ago. His name's Drake. I mean, he was, like, eight years old. Mm. And, I mean, he couldn't speak for himself, really. Like, right. his family was, his dad's a, a, a working working man in Lake Charles. And his mom, I mean, they just didn't have the platform that we did. And, like, they're sitting there suffering. Mm-hmm. And, all like, I mean, it's just super cool that I get to share that because, Cause there is like there's so much help for breast cancer. My gra- my grandmother died. My mom's mom died from breast cancer, and my dad's dad died from leukemia. And but my mom's my mom's mom's sister, so my my grand aunt, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, she got breast cancer, but she survived it. Mm. And it's just like it, it goes to show you well that if we only measured those two. Fifty percent of them made it out. Right. <laughs> not, that's not the number, but right. but it's like, dang, we've done so much. We need, okay, we have October pink month. We need the gold month for September. Like we need gold to be everywhere in September, just like it is for NFL pink days. You know, mm-hmm. we need pink to be the new. We need gold to be the new pink kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I really think like that's the goal for pediatric cancer in general. And then on top of that, brain cancer, pediatric brain cancer is just a whole nother level. Is there, is there like a, a other cancers that are, have as high fatality no, or 100% fatality rate like this? I, not that I know of. Okay. I mean, there's really Maybe, bad ones. Yeah. There's super, I of mean, course, yeah. there's always going to be like the, you know, the bad, I'm trying to think, prostate cancer. One of my, one of Kendra's cousins got it mm. and it was like, dang, we don't. I mean, he's got it pretty bad. Like he had to do chemo. When you do the treatments, it breaks your body down even more mm-hmm. than it. It's helping it because it's got to fight off that specific thing. And if your body can't handle that chemo, which is tough, tough. Real I tough. mean, my brother didn't. You usually don't do chemo for the brain stuff. They're starting to figure out like immunotherapy mm-hmm. to help out. But there was a kid um, in Florida. And it's hard to keep up with it, but DIBG is such a small community. Everybody kind of calls. I got a text from an old friend that was like, hey, I sent this person their number to get in touch. They have some questions about DIBG, what they do, blah, blah, blah. This kid had it. This kid was Kane's age, 17 or 18, Mm -hmm. got it. And he was, his tumor made him have seizures. Oh, wow. And he was only four months in. He could start to feel everything get worse. His eyes were getting bad. His palsy was getting really bad. And they he was like out swimming one day, had a seizure in the pool and died. Oh, wow. Because he drowned because he had a seizure because of the brain tumor. The, yeah. Hmm. And I'm like, that's not even a natural, like normal DIBG death. Mm-hmm. But it's still considered from DIBG because he wouldn't have had the seizure if he didn't. Mm-hmm. Like That's where it's like the dude was having a, a great time swimming and... I mean, I guess I'd justify it because he had a great time swimming and he was enjoying his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how else, to, like that just, yeah, that's not, many other, not many other tumors can put you, can take away your independence like that. Yeah. You know, it can take away like, you know, um, lymphoma, you know, 
walking and different stuff. Yeah, yeah. of course. But he, lymphoma is a big cancer for kids. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people get get it, mm-hmm. which is why it's so heavily funded. Right. I mean, so what? Uh, so what's what are you like doing ongoing type stuff for? Um, uh, like, do you, are you so right to now, do other fundraisers? So, yeah. What's so happening? right now we're so actually that kid that drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in talk. I actually need to call her in a couple of days, but we're they're in talks of doing a 5K because they they want to try to raise money because mm-hmm. they're. They got a whole group of 200 people that are doing runs for them every Saturday. I'm like, 200, 200 times 20? Like, holy yeah, crap. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm like, and if those 200 people can get even more people, like, they just got to get one. That's 400 people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they want to do a 5K on his birthday, which is actually the anniversary of my brother's death. Oh, okay. That's the 11, 24, 17. That's, no, no, no. Oh, okay. That's almost. just the 24th. It is on the 11, 24th. But, but we are doing other, like, we, usually do a softball tournament every year we mm-hmm. usually do mm-hmm. uh, we try to do we do a gala every year for sure but right now with covid we're kind of doing like we did a virtual run we raised like 1200 dollars or something which nice. is super cool mm-hmm. um for the virtual run like, mm-hmm. that just means people sign up and like <laughs> hey you get a medal if you sign up for the medal uh take a picture if you run like <laughs> give us 20 bucks so yeah. we can donate it to kids uh no the 11 24 we do we're trying to plan. My mom's gotten back into work, which is really good for her. And it's, you know, it's the fundraising has slowed down a little bit, mm-hmm. especially with COVID because we're like, well, my mom can work. I just got a job that I'm trying to work hard at and figure it all out. So it's just slowed down a little bit. But it'll pick back up. Like, we'll we'll get back in the groove, especially once all this crap. Right, yeah, for sure. Crap goes away. The eleven twenty four. Yeah, what is the... So... My brother's birthday is September 2nd. Okay. So my favorite number is four. Like I said, his, you know, his day was two. Okay. So two and four. Mm-hmm. Just like mash those together. Like my, I, I wanted, I picked the fourth. I picked a day and then he picked a day. And then we picked the day of our birthdays to go together. Okay. So I picked the November 4th. That's mm-hmm. when he died. Picking November 4th, lucky number. He picked November 13th, which is a terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible number. I love that's even my, numbers. That's my favorite number. I love even <laughs> I love even numbers. It's Kendra's too. She was born on the 13th. Yeah, okay. But it's still her favorite number. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do I date you? Um, <laughs> no, you don't date her. You no, that's right. I engaged her. <laughs> don't make that mistake. That's, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but so, and then we mashed our birthday days together. Two and, and four to 20, two and four and 24th. 11 is actually the number of change. Mm. So that's when everything changed that month. Mm. And I was 20 when he died and he was 17 when he was diagnosed. 2017. 2017. It was like this whole thing. And 24 seems to be like the number, mm. like my whole, like everything's at 20. It always leads back to 24. Mm. Like, uh, I passed my real estate exam on the 24th. Oh, uh, there you go. And that, isn't that cool? That's cool. I mean, it's just kind of like, it's small stuff like that, that, uh, that I'll see, you know, I think the exit that I, we got off the first day to go to the researchers mm-hmm. to the hospital at Sanford was like 24. Exit 24. And I was like, I did this like little speech thing there. And I, I said, well, this wasn't in the speech until this morning when I'm like sitting here, I'm like, you won't believe I'm like 24 is just the number, hmm. you know? So it's super cool. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Two more questions. 
All right. Do you have uh, like a website or something yeah. that people can donate? Cannonballs.org. Cannonballs.org. That's, that's right. That's a great. That's a great URL. Super, super easy. Cannonballs.org. Cannonballs.org. You don't. You, they got more gotta, information and stuff on all, there. And pictures. More of information about pictures. There's pictures. <clears throat> there's more information about the tumor itself. To who we research, how to donate. It should be pretty easy nowadays. People are like, yeah. Amazon is. It's it's almost as easy as Amazon. I mean, it's not hard, but there's so much information, more information than I can even tell off the top of my head because there's so much on there. Cool. So that's Cannonball's Door to Cannonball's way, way to go. Uh, okay. And then what is your future? What does your future look like? When are you getting married? I'm getting married October 10th, 10 10 2020. 10 10 2020. Hopefully. Seems uh, like you like even numbers or something. Yeah. Oh, I love even numbers. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> and you just lot. bought a house. I just bought a house. And you're about to buy a couple dogs, you told me. No, no, no dog. No no buying dogs. No dogs at all. Yeah, I I want to make some money in real estate and do good and help the company that I work for grow. And my I want Kendra to succeed at her job. And I want to raise money for, you know, pediatric brain cancer and help do that whole thing. And I want to live some life. Like, I, mm-hmm. I want to get the toys that I want. You know, the, break some more bones, probably break some more bones, drink some more beer, enjoy family time more. I mean, I want to like try to visit my grandparents more and different stuff. That's my future. Like I want to just live the, live the, live the life that we all try to live. Cool. A happy one. And I mean, sometimes it involves money. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. <laughs> I mean, money drives, drives it, but I'm happy either way. I mean, I'm happy right now. I'm making like $10 an hour. Like, come <laughs> you got to put in the work. That's right. Learn that all that's through what, college, right? That's what I'm saying. But hopefully, I mean, my wedding will happen either way. I mean, there's they're not going to turn guests away when they show up. So they, I think they told us like 150 people is the max okay. right now. But then they put like a star. We won't turn. It's in Ashland, Kentucky. Like in the moment. Oh, uh, okay. Like, who cares? Yeah. Nobody's keeping track out there. No, it's a, it's a moist county. So it's like technically dry, but like they can't sell alcohol at the stores. But we're allowed to bring our own alcohol. Is it moonshine from the hills? <laughs> we're not. Hopefully we don't have any moonshine because that'll be a crazy wedding. <laughs> but uh, no, it's like, I mean, we bring our own alcohol and we have to have service serve it. That's pretty much it. Got it. Okay. I mean, yeah, and, and you can't go to the store. Like, they don't have it at Walmart. Louisiana is one of the only places that has everything at Walmart. Mm. Like, all liquor, all beer. Like, we don't have that. And drive-through. And drive-through, margaritas, yep. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, don't, we don't have that. That's Louisiana. In Kentucky, they're still like, well, now they can't change it really because the towns that aren't dry would lose a ton of money. Mm-hmm. They're so used to that being in their economy. If they switched it over to this dry county and started letting them sell alcohol, that's a lot of income for this city that's <laughs> gone. Nobody thinks of it that way until it, they happens. Get the, until the, it happens. And it's happened before. When are you moving back to sad. Kentucky? Um, when, when I'm ready. Like, <laughs> no, uh, we don't want to raise our kids here, so if we start trying to have kids hopefully not anytime soon <laughs> no no offense to kids in general like <laughs> no just, i waited seven it's, years it's a responsibility it's a and just a like we want to try to smart enjoy our time together a little bit work hard kind of like and just set the set the foundation and cool move back to kentucky where her parents will be able to help out with the kids my parents might 
move back to Kentucky for a little bit and help out. Cool. That's that's the goal. Sounds like a plan. That's the goal. Maybe like elephant will be so so good. I'll be on that private jet with Matthew. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I gotta find that video. <laughs> yeah, you saying do. that. Yeah, you do. I'll find that video. Cool, man. Well, Keegan, yeah. thanks a lot. I appreciate yeah, thanks, you. Chase. I appreciate you hanging out and shedding some light in your 22 years I'm, that I'm you've super lived glad. a few lives. I think already before. That's in, right. in the short years, but seriously, I pre- I've enjoyed getting to know you over the past few months, and I you actually kind of started to mention it a few minutes ago about being happy. And once I like found out about oh, once I found out about you know your brother and all that yeah. stuff, and then just uh, seeing how you're continuing on despite that what may seem like a huge thing For sure. with a positive attitude and hard work is very inspiring to uh, for someone to observe so yeah good for you and i appreciate you hanging out and yeah chatting with me i appreciate you anytime cool man all the time thanks (laughs) thanks everybody for listening to this episode thank you again to keegan for sharing your life story with me really enjoyed hearing about it and like i said it's been great getting to know you recently and uh hearing about your experiences and how you have pushed forward with hard work and positivity to get through them Uh, It sounds a little cheesy, but it is very inspiring to learn about and hear about. So keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I would highly encourage you to go to cannonballs.org and check out some of the information about uh, Kane's cancer and what Keegan and his family and friends are doing right now to help raise money and awareness for the research involved. So please go check out uh, cannonballs.org. And you can uh, go on Instagram and look at some of the posts under the hashtag Cannonballs for Kane, and it's K-A-Y-N-E, to see some pictures of Keegan and his brother and some other people who are struggling with this disease. And we all love what they're doing to raise awareness and funds and hope that this uh, cancer will be eliminated soon. I don't really want to make it a heavy note here at the end, but I would really love it if you go to cannonballs.org and check out what they're doing. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I look forward to seeing you on the next one.